The podcast on Haunted Hill will contain spoilers and swearing. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. Welcome to the podcast on Hort Hill, episode 141. My name is Gav. My name is Dan. We are here. This isn't a musical. Don't worry. You are going to follow. Uh, Sorry. We are here on the Haunted Hill. To bring you words and stuff. And that's it. Uh, hello, welcome, welcome Gav, welcome me, and welcome almost listeners. Halloween, almost. almost Halloween. Yes, we're getting close to it now. Yes. As we record this, we're midway through October. Um, it's very, very exciting. Banging out a couple yeah. in October, aren't we? As promised, we would get a couple out because we've been a bit slack lately with life stuff. Um, this is an exciting episode, though, because a couple of years back, we started a little tradition of uh, a little franchise face-off, didn't we? Hmm. So um, we're going to be covering uh, two movies from two different franchises. We should have really done Jason versus Freddy. I know, but we're doing Jason separately. I know, but that's what own... we should have done, because that would have made sense. But I know. We've, well, done we our, we've done our own new franchise, haven't we? We have. Freddy Michael versus, versus Freddy. Michael, yeah. Or... There we go. Loomis versus Crazy Ralph. Who would win in that fight? Crazy Ralph, hundred percent. Depends on what stage Loomis we're at. Yeah. Are we out drinking on set, Loomis, or yeah. I do it because my daughter says, and it's like John Carpenter directing Loomis. You know. So that's right. We're covering Halloween for the return of Michael Myers. He's returning, guys. He's returning. He's returning, y'all. And. Uh, from the same year, 1988, we're also covering A Nightmare on Elm Street 4. Interesting. The Dream Warrior. Didn't realise they're both the same as year. Yes. But before we, before we get into all that shenanigans and we talk about films and all the other stuff, Gav, how are you? Yeah. What on earth have you been up to? Uh, very well. DJ'd locally at my favourite little pub. Some hip hop, some hippity hop. Didn't played, you? I played loads of stuff. Um, I only had one re- one person asking request. Pretty drunk guy. Um, I was going to ask you if there had been any requests. Yeah, and I don't drink anymore, so I'm, I'm kind of fairly used to it. But only one request, which is good because it's kind of like I was almost going to get a T-shirt that says no requests. Because what I'm was the, the request? And I've I've like curated the music to play, and I've got some really good. You know, I shared you the playlist. Some yes, really yes. good tracks on there, and um, especially for that pub and that place. And um, the request was Oasis. Right, that fits nicely with nineties hip hop bangers. Went, went it? off and came back and asked for Oasis again. I haven't got it's, Oasis. It's still a nineties song, play, I, I suppose. Was pl- I was playing all sorts, so not just hip hop. I played like um, Dusty Springfield, uh, Creedence Clearwater Revival. Uh, I finished with White Zombie. 
Um, so I just put it all together, mashed up. It's cool. And uh, I'm playing there next month. So I think I'm sort of regular monthly playing there now. So it's cool. Do you want to, do you want to tell our listeners where so that if they want to come come along? Yeah, yeah uh, the William Cobbett <laughs> Pub in Farnham in Surrey, UK. Every uh, every month I'm going to DJ. So yeah, we'll get we'll get a flyer posted up on the Facebook page. Genuinely, wow. if anybody wants to come along, oh um, yeah, of course come along and see Gav spinning the wheels of steel they asked me to DJ on Halloween they said name your prize um, and I can't because I'm already DJing at a wedding you're just a man who's just been sought after left right and centre aren't you it's kind of annoying because I'd like to have done the Halloween oh, I said next year I'll do Halloween though because that'd be great they're just like yeah just play the horror stuff okay and I could play like Goblin and all sorts and just like mash oh. it all up I could do loads of stuff it'd be amazing <clears throat> anyway i'm gonna play it monthly and it's quite nice got a little room there a little area to play um and it's nice because i can play the songs that i want to play which are you know as as a dj it's me you know i it's my choice these are records from my mind do you know what i mean so sit and enjoy rather than have you got oasis no fucking haven't got oasis (laughs) that's the only one that's i want too bad that's it man that and and doing 31 and 31 well kind of because my list my specific list i'm like i need to get to them but i've been watching other stuff as well with my eldest with jay um uh different films so i've actually started another 31 and 31 current side of mine so the ones i'm watching i'm keeping count of but i'm also just putting a watch next to that list i put together which i have adjusted a little bit i added cujo and i added something else as well um i took some stuff off which is like that's so obscure i'm changing that but that's it you uh not an awful lot for me um same as you 31 and 31 you know i'm doing my werewolves and we're gonna talk about where we're at at the moment at this midway point in just a moment jealous um yeah it's it's been fun um i had a little family holiday away a couple of weekends ago in a very big old cottage it was a barn that's been converted to an airbnb cottage absolutely huge really really scenic very cozy um no spooky vibes but definitely could have been you know an agatha christie novel could have happened in there i think very good stuff um i have got a little shout out to one of our patrons and listeners and friends matthew godley he is uh, gifting me with a copy of the original mm. Woman in Black on DVD from 1989. Very nice. He did say, um, he, he said often as a patron, you know, he does support us, obviously, but he does often say if there's any movies that you, you guys are struggling to get hold of, he's got a very vast library. Yeah, I did sorry matt i kind of forgot that you said that and that's actually really handy to know so um every once in a while when dan and i are both like in message each other going uh yeah i can't find it and you're like i can't find it we both need to put our brains together and remember that we do well um he was watching he posted he was watching the original woman in black recently a couple of days back as we record this and you know i said oh, i love this one he said he prefers it to the remake and he said have you seen it i said yeah i've seen it and he said do you want a copy of it so he's so kindly is sending that over to me um so thank you so much matt and you know sending all our love to you and hope that you're doing well yeah Um, absolutely Uh, uh, thank you from me for for dan's little present i like dan to be happy so if dan's happy then i'm happy well we might get to watch it together one day who knows Mm. you never know 
with a little blanket over us. The other person I wanted to very briefly give a quick shout out to is uh, our friend and fellow podcaster. She's appeared on our show, Kate Pollock. Hello, Kate. Um, hello, Kate. You should go check out her show, Eternal Sunshine of the Not So Spotless. No, Eternal Darkness of the Not So Spotless Minds. It's a long one, and it's hard to hard to get out, as they say. Um, she messaged me randomly listening to our last episode where we covered the final destination one and two. And she said, it's funny, you know, I'm listening to you guys talking about look out for the signs, this, that, and the other. And she had a funny experience where she went into a shop and she paid for her, uh, her, whatever she'd bought. And the price came to 17 pounds and 17 pence. So she got her phone to pay with her Apple, I, you know, Apple pay. And the time, was seventeen seventeen? That's weird. So she paid for seventeen by seventeen pence at seventeen seventeen p.m. Nice, I like that. that that's spooky, isn't it? But um, I don't really know what the significance of seventeen is. But avoid seventeen for a while, Kate. Maybe. Yeah. If you're going to get on a bus, don't get on the number seventeen. I guess that's the moral. But how long yeah. do you, is it for seventeen days? You. Uh... Oh God! Now you're or, really you don't do it for or seventeen <laughs> weeks, seventeen years, seventeen centuries. How old do you think Kate is? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to mention that because I thought that was funny. It's numbers, though, wasn't it? It's all these numbers the same numbers. So I wonder if it's like maybe it's a code seventeen, 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 seventeen. Yeah, like that. Um... Just go up to all doors, Kate, which have like codes, which numerical codes you can press. And just press 17 four times. Everywhere you go, and eventually you'll find something that opens, I'm sure. It's like that movie with Nicolas Cage where he discovers all of these numbers that add up to... Um, oh, yeah. Is that whatever it is? They can foresee disasters. No, that's um, that's next. Oh, no, that is that one, yeah. The, the He's one done I'm so of. fucking many, hasn't he? I know. I don't know what Nicolas Cage is doing. He doesn't know. No, he doesn't. He, he doesn't know. I want to put um, him... In a, not in a what sexual sort of way uh, on a night out. I mean, I want to put him in for a movie. That'd be fucking well good. Oh yeah, wouldn't it? Do you want to do you want to come around and watch a film with us? Yeah, I could probably film him sitting there watching a movie with someone and just make that movie, and people would go, you, you, yeah. You could film him watching um, the unbearable weight of massive That's talent. Just way too messy, man. <laughs> That's even more messy than me. Um, have you been watching some films? Yeah, so let's. Me and Gab are gonna. Um... Oh, so, uh, look, I, oof, I've been gonna do it all now because obviously our Halloween episode, which we can never do like the whole thirty-one, thirty-one, because we record the episode before the thirty-first, so we can release it just before Halloween. Yeah. So it always kind of sucks that we can't do that. Well, we're just going to talk loosely around our where we're at so far with our thirty-one list. Uh, you know, thirty-one movies, etc. Gab, do you, what do you want to do? You go first, because I've got a couple more than you. So, yeah. do you want to um, tell us what you've been watching? Um, there's a couple. I, I tell you what, I did watch. I watched Cat, Cat People, the original Cat People. Yeah, that's, that's good. That one. There's a nice lot of atmosphere there. It's all right, actually. <clears throat> um, I did also watch uh, White Zombie, which I thought was a bit shit. Yeah, it's all right. It's yeah. it's a bit slow, isn't it? Yeah, I did watch a movie on YouTube uh, called Witchcraft from 1964. Uh, yes, I've seen that. I watched that when we did our witch episode. That was pretty good. 
yeah, good, good stuff. Not, that. not bad. A few, not a bit of imagery here and there. Apart from that, of my thirty-one, thirty-one, that is a hit, which is really bad. Um, but I will get all over it. But I'm also working on the Star Wars film at the moment in all my spare time, so it's quite hard. But I have been watching other stuff now quickly, very much quick, very quickly. I did also watch Frozen, House of the Devil, uh, Blood Bar for the House of Death, and Vacancy. Nice. Oh, Vacancy is a good one. Mm. That's enjoyable to watch again, actually. Yeah, and I think, you know what, it's good to veer off your list sometimes as well, you know, it doesn't matter. Yeah, uh, I'm still indulging just in horror this month, so that's the main thing. Yeah, that is cool. Very cool. Mm. Nice one. <clears throat> um, I'm doing my Werewolf Month. I did Hammer, just Hammer only last year. Um, so this year it's Werewolf only. So um, I'm trying to do two a night because, you know, I like to get my numbers in. And there might, there might be the odd night, I can't do any. Um so I started off the first night with American Werewolf in London and then American Werewolf in Paris. Um, you and I both love that sequel. We've talked about this. doesn't really matter. I did work my way painstakingly through the fucking Howling franchise. Um, all eight of them. Oh, man. How, like, like the murder mystery one I like isn't a, that great movie either, <clears throat> but I quite like the art concept of that in the castle. Well, so, I am gonna. I will say this: the Howling One is a classic. You know, it's good. It's definitely a very right. good. It's not. It's not my favourite, but it no, is a very right, good werewolf right. movie. Yeah. Howling Two is a lot of fun. Howling I, Two I, feels I've never like. Seen it. I had a DVD and it was scratched. And I couldn't watch it. It feels like one of the house movies. It's got a weird, really weird sense of humour about it. Um, Howling Three, which is the Australian one. Uh, Osploitation. Marsupial. Yeah, the marsupials. That one is silly and fun as well. The fourth one is awful, really bad. Is that the but freak then, show one? That no, fun? that's the sixth one. Fucking The fifth four? one is... That's the fourth one. It's called The Original Nightmare, oh, what, and it's based what, more on the book. What happens? It's the same story as the first one, but it's just based more on the book, oh. and, they try, and they try and tie it into the first three movies. It just doesn't is work. It's in really, so. No. The fifth one, though, is really good, and that's the rebirth. That's where they all go to the castle in yes, Hungary. Yes, that's the one I like. Um, Christopher Lee's in it. Christopher Lee's uh, in that. He's in the second one. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's in the second one. Sorry, yeah. But uh, it's really good, the fifth one, and actually one of my favourite. The sixth one's quite good fun. The Freaks. Yeah, it's about the carnival of Freaks. Yeah. Um, and then, then there's the, the Howling New Moon Rising, which came out in 95, and then there's Howling The Reborn in 2011, and Anything after number six is really awful, to be honest with you. Yeah. Um, obviously, I've watched our movies for this episode as well, Halloween 4 and Nightmare on Elm Street, which I'll include, but they're not werewolf movies. I also watched Scooby-Doo, The Reluctant Werewolf, which I try and watch every year. I do love that one. It's a good one. And then I started on my black and white movies, uh, Werewolf of London, uh, The Wolfman, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, nice. She-Wolf of London. Yeah, I've got a Wolfman box set. I got them last year for last Halloween, actually. Um, yeah, and after She Wolf of London, I'm going to go into Female Werewolf. So, so that's all I've watched so far. Um, <clears throat> but I'm going to then go into Cursed with Christina Ricci, and then I'm going to do like the Ginger Snaps and a few female-led ones. So, I'm really looking forward to cracking on with some more werewolf movies for the end of the month. There is a few werewolf films, then, isn't there? I've got a list of forty-nine. Which I'm going to be watching, but there are more than that. But I'm doing. I'm not doing the Brotherhood of the Wolf, and I'm not doing the certain ones. I'm just not going to do because yeah, yeah, yeah. they're either really bad or I just, I just don't really want to include them. You know, I could. Somebody said, "Are you going to do Wallace and Gromit 
and the were-rab, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, but I don't really want... It's not a legit werewolf, is it? No. And to be honest with you, She-Wolf of London isn't a werewolf movie. They talk about werewolves all the way through it. The killer must be a werewolf, but it turns out it's just a woman who's got schizophrenia. She puts her hood up and goes out killing people with her hood up. Well, that isn't a werewolf, is it? Not really. It's just a hoodie. So there we go. But yes, exciting month. And Gavin, I want to thank all of you listeners for keeping the page so busy at this time of year with everybody posting up what they're watching. We've got Laura watching all of her Friday the 13th movies. You know, I've seen people watching some of the classics. I mentioned Matthew with his uh, Woman in Black. And there's just all sorts of random stuff. Your Sarah's posting up stuff left, right and centre. It's just so much fun to see what people are watching at this time of year. Yeah, um, it's really nice because it's always nice to have everyone join in. I feel annoyed because I can't keep adding my 31 31. That's why I just put up a little disclaimer. My list everywhere the other day when I put up a film I was watching because it wasn't even on my list either then. Um, no, it's great. Though. I, I, it's really it's our little Christmas. It is, and it's good fun. And, and we'll probably very quickly whiz through everything we've watched when we do our Halloween special in a few weeks' time. Um, but yeah, let, let's leave it there then. So, anything else you wanted to add before we... I was going to say, uh, the new Exorcist film's just come oh, out. Oh, you wanted to talk about that, didn't you? Um, not that I'm a big, much of a fan of uh, the original Exorcist. I think it's a, a fine film. It's a very well-crafted movie, absolutely. And it, it, I imagine it came out really shocking. I'm not, you know, I'm not... Those sorts of films aren't really my bag, so I don't feel as passionate as some people do, but I totally understand it is a very good horror movie. It's a very well-acted, crafted film. Um, but, yeah, the new movie came out, and um, uh, David Gordon Green, uh, you know, did the Halloween franchise. I do know what so he's been he's doing. he's making another... This is original part of one, two, and three, and it cost them uh, $400 million to secure the rights. Christ. So they really need this one to like do well. But everyone's just like, why are you touching that? Now, William Freakins died, unfortunately, recently, but he knew yeah, he was going to make it. And um, he said in his last review, um, review interview, uh, to the interviewer, Ed, the guy who's made, uh, made those new Halloween sequels is about to make one of my movie... Uh, make one to my movie The Exorcist that's right my signature film is about to be extended by the man who made Pineapple Express I don't <laughs> I don't want to be around when that happens but if there's a spirit world and I can come back I plan to possess David Gordon Green and make his life a living hell Jesus Christ that's what The Exorcist director William Freakin said about his film being touched. I, he hated the I sequels. Didn't, uh, I didn't realise he was <laughs> saying that. That's so funny that he said that, especially because he directed The Exorcist. Now he's talking about possessing somebody. And then he actually sadly passed away a couple of months back. Yeah, but he would have he never watched it anyway. Um, Hilarious. Because I think this whole time he's been like, you know, no one's going to touch it. And unfortunately, he's just about to die and his film was going to be made. So that's gutting, really. <laughs> I, I love the Pineapple Express, but it is hilarious when he puts it like that. I don't think it's that funny, actually. Oh, I really liked it. But I think it's hilarious when he says, that's right, one of my films is about to be remade or extended by the man that did I, Pineapple Express. That's so this, funny. what this dude had done, really, until you, I read that. Um, because the Halloween, we, we both saw the first Halloween in the cinema together, and we were like, yeah, it's pretty decent. I'd have been happy just with that one. Yeah. No more. 
Just that. <clears throat> and why do you have to make it a free? And like this one, why do you have to make it free parts? Oh, I know why. Because you may have had some passion. You're like, David Gold Green's like, I love the original, da da da. And, and Blumhouse, we love horror. We want to put the passion in there. And they're doing it great. But why do you need free parts? Just to put the passion into one movie, put everything in that one film. Why? Oh, because it probably makes money. Well, neither of us have seen it, but I. I can say that all I've heard is negative things about it. Oh yeah! Oh um, shit! Oh shit! It's, it's not. It's no, it's not in any way I'm scary. Yeah. You know, I watch it when it's available to stream. Yeah, I won't watch it. But but, I'm not going to bother. You know. But if the if the producers would be like, yeah, but we have to, we have to like have a free pot try and make our money back could cost us 400 million to secure rights don't secure the rights spend that money on original properties there's so many stories out there and and the other thing is where does this end you know what's next is he going to buy the rights to the American Werewolf franchise and then make another one of those don't say that because that is a perfect one to go because no one's well they did do American Werewolf Paris but that is a good one to actually go to so don't say that Right, well, he doesn't listen to our podcast anymore, so that's fine. Um, so, I don't know. <laughs> the funny know. thing is, there are franchises out there <clears throat> where I feel like we need another one. Like, I feel like we need another night, um, another Friday, Friday the 13th. Friday the 13th. Yeah, the yeah. 13th one. So why, don't they, if- why doesn't Blumhouse do Friday the 13th? Chuck some money into a big, you know, well, everybody you be happy knows. About that? I, I guaranteed it's probably some fucking rights issue or something. That's probably wasn't mm. been touched or something stupid. But I don't yeah, know. It's just it's, a weird one. But yeah, it's been really slated. But I'm not. I'm not here just to diss something I haven't seen. It's hard to make a movie, and oh, yeah, well done for making the fucking film. But like, why? I, I must say, when I saw the first trailer, I thought, oh, that looks like it could be quite good, and I like what they're doing with it. And it's two girls that are possessed, and this, that, and the other. But um, all I'm hearing online, and I, I don't really want to read any reviews because I prefer to make my my, my own mind up. But I'm yeah. seeing nothing but poor, poor reviews of it. Um, just before we go to our first movie to review today, actually, you've just reminded me I watched a trailer for another Christmas horror movie coming out by the same people that did Happy Birthday, Happy Death Day to me, and then did Freaky, which we both really enjoyed. I do like Freaky, yeah. So obviously, um, Happy Death Day is like the horror version of Groundhog Day. Freaky is the horror version of all those body swap movies from the eighties. Well, now we've got a movie coming out this Christmas called It's a Wonderful Knife. Nice. Uh, and it's about a girl from the trader. It's about a girl who um, stops a serial killer who wears this awesome white mask, like an an- like a snow angel mask that they look like, um, and she stops him. But she's really unhappy with her life, and she makes a wish. I wish I'd never been born. And then it's like, it's a wonderful life. She then sees what would have happened if she had never been born. So Is it, is it Blumhouse? Uh, I'm not sure. It's by the people that did Happy Death Day it's and Preaky. And so basically, she's going up to her dad, and he's like, I don't know who you are. I've never had a daughter. And then the serial killer never got stopped. So I, he, uh, he's going around killing people. I'm kind of tapping out. Because okay. It's like, it's... At the moment, Amazon with a Blumhouse film they're just thrown out, and it's kind of their Back to the Future horror movie. It's just come on called Totally Killer, which has just dropped about a girl goes back in time. Oh, I so wonder what that was. And it's like a like goes back to the eighties, and it's just like stop. Hang on, taking... we, we've done that already. Yeah, I watched yeah, that yeah. movie, um, Final Girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and Jay talked, and that was great. That. Yeah, that's all right. Um, hmm. But I, it's just taking these concepts from these classic movies and then just going, oh, no, horror. But as soon as you said that, I was like, oh, for fuck's sake, why, why take these concepts? It's so lazy. Well, I, I really liked Freaky and I really liked Happy Death Day and the sequel. So 
I oh, yeah, will, they can have a market. They have an audience. I'm just I a will, fucking grumpy And person. the trailer looked fun. So, And I love a Christmas horror movie. Like, I love it that we get yeah, so absolutely. many Christmas horror and movies. It, it might be right, but I know exactly what's going to be already. We've seen those films already. It's going to have... It's tapping into the teenage market, which I'm not of. I'm not a demograph, basically. I know exactly what that film's going to be like, and it'll be a... Uh, Either be a 5.6 out of 10 or 6.4 out of 10 on IMDb, you know. Okay, you've heard it here first, guys. There we go. <clears throat> well, Get off my lawn! Old man shouts at clouds. Yeah. Um, that's the Simpsons reference. Very well done. Thank you. Golf clap. First one in 10 years. Um, okay, well, we are going to now have a trailer for Freddy Got Fingered. Nope, not that one. Well, Sorry. That might have been why he's angry. Oh. Freddy Krueger got fingered. Uh, we are going to launch into our franchise face-off with our first review, which is A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Warrior. Not The Road Warrior, The Dream Warrior. So here's a trailer. Do you know what terror is? Hello. Do you live here? Nobody lives here. Real terror. How long has it been since you've been on Elm Street? Welcome to a brand new nightmare. He is the first in fear. Second to none. Don't let them put you to sleep. He has no mercy. And no evil. Now no one sleeps. Get ready. This August, your wildest dreams will come true. How sweet, fresh meat. A Nightmare on Elm Street, Part 4. The Dream Master. Okay, so, first up, A Nightmare on Elm Street 4, The Dream Master from 1988. I'm going to take my top off. Okay, one hour and 38 minutes. Scab likes to always say the running times. Freddy Krueger returns once... You finished? Yeah, sorry. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Continue, continue. Freddy Krueger returns once again to terrorize the dreams of the remaining dream warriors as well as those of a young woman who may be able to defeat him for good she doesn't because there's about another four sequels after this but that's a synopsis this is directed and this is the first film major film really directed by rennie harlan how does rennie harlan go from this to die hard 2 i don't understand and then cliffhanger. My brain does not compute. Um, and um, I, 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 straight off the bat here, I wasn't totally into this film. Sorry, spoiler. Where I do love Die Hard 2 and recently become quite fond of Cliffhanger. Yeah, it's good. He also did The Long Kiss Goodnight, which is great. Um, Deep Blue Sea, which I'm a fan of. Cutthroat Island. Um, Exorcist The Beginning, one of the two versions that came out. Some controversy around that. And he's done a bunch of other movies, one of the most recent of which I've watched, which is a Jackie Chan movie, Skip Trace, with him and Johnny Knoxville, which is not great. (laughs) 
Jackie Chan, Johnny Knoxville. It's not great. Who thought um, that's a great pairing? I think they'd seen Jackie Chan with Owen Wilson and Chris Tucker and thought, well, Jackie Chan's always good if you pair him up with someone who's... But it just wasn't. No. And obviously, Jackie Chan does his own stunts. Johnny Knoxville does his own stunts, I guess. But Yeah, that's know. the thing. They're both the same sort of shtick. In a, not really totally, but in a big ballpark of entertainers. They are both kind of that uh, physical slapstick. Maybe that was the reason, but then it's like, how does that work? Johnny Knoxville's humour is just completely way off. Yeah. And Jackie Chan's humour is going to be slightly more Eastern orientated in a way. Obviously, he knows the American market very well because he's worked in America for many years. But, like, do you know what I mean? His origins of where his humour came from as a child is going to be different. So that's a weird pairing, man. What, what happens? Is there, like, some stunt shit going on or... Uh, yeah, it's to do with... I think there's a, quite a few scenes where they're handcuffed together for ages. Uh, I can't really remember it now. It's to do with... Um, he did this with Chris Tucker, didn't he? Yeah, he did that as well. It's to do with human trafficking, I think. Uh, uh, but it's it's just not even worth talking about. Because I, I love Jackie Chan and, you know, I'll always defend him. But it wasn't one of his finest movies. Um, but, you know. No. But back to this film. But back to this film. So, yeah, this this came out in 1988. So the original Nightmare on Elm Street came out in 1984. So by four, four years' time, we've already got the fourth movie. So they are banging these out, aren't they? Yeah, well, they knew what was going on here. And it's it's in quick succession, though. They do go the humour route with Freddy, and he becomes more and more slapstick and stuff, and more and more commercial, like Freddy Lunchboxes, Freddy blah, 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 blah. Um, Freddy rap songs. They they, it, they kind of knew what they were doing. It was uh, Shay, wasn't it? Um, Lin Shay's brother. What's he called? Uh, Fing Majiggy. Um, oh, yeah. The house that Freddie built, they always class it as the studio. What's the studio, for God's sake? Tell me the studio. New, New Line Cinema. New Line Cinema. And. Um, Bob Shay. That's it. And another thing with this film, though, it's. I've. This is my own personal opinion, just coming at it, because I couldn't remember this at all whatsoever. I remembered maybe one little bit in it, so I was like, oh, I have seen it. It feels like it's more like a an effects artist showcase. Yeah, so uh, I agree with you in some ways. I think the Freddy movies got progressively more and more like that because I certainly, watching these at a younger younger age, always went to these because you'd hear about, oh, the new Freddy, this happens and that happens. So... Um, this one, Alice watched this one with me. She actually really enjoyed it. She was really drawn into it and said it was really stupid, but also she found some of it quite scary. But then she's not like a seasoned horror movie fan. <clears throat> but you're right. Interesting take, though. It's good to good for her when she does for us to know what her thoughts are, not as a seasoned horror veteran like all of us people. Yeah, she dips in and out. You know, she watched, I think I said she watched The Deep House and she watched um, Orphan 2 with me. So she, she dips in and out if it's on and she, it catches her. Otherwise, she's happy to carry on just drawing or doing her painting or whatever she's doing in the same room. Um, but yeah, she, she enjoyed this. I really like this. It's not the best Freddy movie. Um, I think one is definitely the scariest I really like two. I really like three. I think three is for me is the peak. This this drops down from three a little bit. I don't really like the fifth one, you know. And there's a one or two towards the end that are quite good fun. But I still find a lot of enjoyment in this one. I really like the tie into the 
the one before it, you know, where we're bringing in those characters and then spoiler alert, we're killing off a lot of those characters that were, that survived the movie before this. Um, and at the end of the day, a dog pisses fire out of its dick. So mm. there's always that. There um, is always that. But yeah, uh, I know what you mean though. Um, going back to what you were saying, it's just a sh- it is a showcase every 20 minutes what practical effects can we do some crazy shit with but I, i'm here for that i quite like that uh, well the thing was though this is around the time when um uh, like the effects artists are at their peak of being rock and roll stars yeah yeah they they were like just like worshipped it is it was like a certain thing um and they're all against each other and there's all of them trying to up the next person who could do the next thing who could do the next thing and apparently there's like a book i, I can't remember what's called out there which tells all and it says uh, all the crazy coke fueled fueled stories of them doing, doing effects and just women and just craziness you know um because it was really like rock and roll um so it does feel like that and like almost story is like second like, oh, better do a story. Yeah, and I can disagree with what you're saying, to be honest with you. I, I agree with that. You're not really here for the story by this point. You're here for the deaths, mm. the effects. Which, which is fine, because <clears throat> at, at the time, that was at, we were at the peak, we were like coming into the, coming up to the end of the 80s, but we've got gone through like mid-80s, where it's like <clears throat> the height of like the slashes, and then it going to... Like, what, that's what's what, how's Jason gonna kill the person? How's Freddie gonna kill the person? And that's what the kids talked about in the, in the, the playground, you know. So yeah, that was what got people to go to watch the films. So that's kind of what it feels like for now in twenty twenty three watching this film for myself. Yeah, know? and I think um, out of the three main franchises, you know, Freddie, Jason, and Michael, you know, both you and I think that Jason is is the better seat, better franchise. But Freddie always had the more elaborate and crazy effects the, the effects i think always will go be won the award for best effects will always be won by the freddy movies because he comes in your dreams he can turn anything into anything because it's all dreams and it's all very surreal and psychedelic whatever he wants to he can make real whereas in jason there's only so many limbs and heads and things ways to kill people you know uh, and michael really only uses a knife really for the most part um so i think I, I, that's one thing that always drew me as a kid and i think most of us us listeners and anybody who likes horror is one thing you can say about the Freddy movies is you're going to get some crazy, and they're always practical, really, for the most part, effects. Um, okay. And I do, that, that is probably the standout in this movie, is the effects, really. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, because I'm just looking at the effects department uh, here, and it's it's big, it's large, and there's a lot yeah, of names yeah, I can that, imagine. a lot of names stick <clears> out, Harold Berger, um, Screaming Mad George, uh, Steve Johnson, uh, Chris Yeager, Kevin Yeager, uh, some of those people are like fairly big names. And it's funny though, you know. So I, we we're doing another film of the same subgenre of horror at its peak on this show later on, which is Halloween Four. So I'm going to check check out the effects to part on there and just see, like, just visually. <laughs> If it's smaller, I bet it is. You know? And I think the reason they probably would have had various people working on this movie is you would have had someone who's worked exclusively on Robert Engden's makeup. Then you would have had probably almost a different team for almost every death because one of the deaths involves like a giant bug. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's lots of different ways that people die in this. 
and and then even like oh my god the say what you will about this movie the end scene where all the faces appear on his torso and all that kind of stuff it just looks crazy and amazing and that would probably another team on their own so like when you go and watch a marvel movie or something these days and the effects team at the end is like thousands of people oh oh, oh, oh <clears throat> i've literally just found uh, again special effects by so i was actually only looking at the makeup department what am i doing <laughs> wow. Sorry, special effects by yeah, that's that's got. I would say thirty maybe uh, names. So a big budget on the, on the payroll. Yeah, yeah, totally. That's crazy, and only like f- five visual effects credits. How that has changed. Yeah, it's totally it's the other way around now, isn't it? Yeah, and tons of stunts <coughs> and stuff. But yeah, that's interesting, so definitely going to check out. But look, Halloween 4, though, later on, Michael's Mars at one point rips a chunk of flesh and meat out of a policeman's neck at one stage, and it was just brutal. It was very, like, 70s zombies type. Yeah. Um, that was like, whoa, that was pretty full-on. wasn't expecting. But anyway, back to this one. Should we do it? Yeah, let's do it. So following on directly from uh, Dream Warriors, um, where the kids in the uh, mental institution all club together in their their dreams and defeat Freddy. Well, we follow on with this movie. Um, So we'll get terrible song. uh, Which song? Oh, that 80s song about the nightmare. That's dated. But there was a lot of good songs in this, other than that one. Yeah. I really, I really like the Fat Boys doing their Freddy rap over the end credits. I didn't notice. Oh right, yeah. The, this is, the, there's there's a music video. Um, I've seen it, that. Yeah. The, yeah. That, see, that's the stage of where we are with Freddy. If we did, wouldn't it be funny if it's the other way around? It's Michael Myers with the Fat Boys. Yeah, but it would be awful because he wouldn't say anything. <laughs> that's the difference because <laughs> Freddy's got a voice. An actual, that's why it had to always be in England. Freddie had albums, he had music albums available, vinyl, CD. Just insane, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like you said, he was on lunchboxes. Yeah, he's had everything. There was probably a breakfast cereal, there was everything, you know? Yeah. And there was kids buying all this shit that shouldn't have been. But again, it's the 80s, you know? I kind of watched them because you, you just did because uh, you go to a video shop and grab a video and it'd be like, oh, you have to watch it because everyone else watched it regardless if you want or not. But you had a limitation of what horror was out there. There wasn't much. So you'd just get whatever you could. Like, ah, give it to me like a fucking fix. On the street, off your fucking junkie, your fucking drug dealing, uh, horror f- dealer. Um... Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, I, I watched it in that, but watching it this time now, I haven't seen it since then. I don't know. Didn't hold up for myself. Um, but you like it, didn't you? There's kung fu in it, for one thing. There is some kung fu. One so, the I 80s. thought, I know what Dan likes this. There's kung fu in it. <laughs> I said that to Alice. I said, fucking hell, any movie in the 80s, they just had to get karate and kung fu into it. Nunchucks, all that kind of stuff. It was um, a name in the credits. Danny Nasal. Just, just oh, yeah. popped in my head there. Sounds like me if I'm doing this a cocaine. And someone called Tuesday Night, and her yeah. name was K N I G H T. Yeah, she's our main actress. Oh Tuesday. wow! Okay, oh, okay, so it's the actress type thing. Okay. Yeah, very cool name, I think. Yeah, I like that. Um, so we we do start with that song, but it's also a bit, it's a bit porn, but yeah. Tuesday night. Yeah. What are you doing Tuesday it's night? Like Craig David song, isn't it? 
met a girl on Monday, took her for a drink on Tuesday night. Yeah. So we start off with our usual one, two, Freddie's coming for you type music playing in the background after the awful song you mentioned, um, which is a very 80s pop song. And we see a little girl drawing on the ground with chalk and she's drawing a, a Freddie's house on Elm Street. We do. Uh, I, I don't think, well, I suppose some people wouldn't think it. You do know, kind of realise fairly soon we're in a dream because it, it just feels a little wishy-washy. Of the, yeah, it's all the very it's been filmed. I don't think that's like me going, oh, I know because they make films. It's not that at all. It's just like, you know, uh, I think most people would realise we're in the dream. Um, and, and Kristen, played by Tuesday Night, our what? main... Sorry again, one more thing with this film, but I did think it felt like it felt like a part two of like a two-part TV movie or something. The way it went, jumped straight in there, it bungs us through a load of uh, characters right at the beginning, which is a load of them, but it was so hard to remember who was who and what's what because there's so many of them all at once, like really quickly. It felt like it's a continuation and we've already been introduced in part one. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but I do think if you go and watch any movie like this from the 80s, there's 12 characters. You only remember three of their names because they're all going to get killed off over the next 90 minutes. It just felt forced. <clears throat> Fair enough. Um, but we meet Kristen. She's in this dream that we're talking about. And she suddenly, you're right, we're in the dream because suddenly it's nighttime and she's going into Freddy's house. It's raining. She hears the one, two, Freddy's coming for you. She goes into the very scary house. She gets locked in. The window explodes and she wakes up. She's, she called, well, she doesn't wake up. She calls her friend, first of all. She sort of, Help me, help me it's to a her kid buddy. From last time, she shouts, and I was like, King K. And I was like, I, Is that a kid from last time? And it yeah. was, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then she f- pulls another one in, and they're both like, Bitch, <laughs> why yeah, have so you pulled us into the dream again? Joey, Joey oh, was the other one. I think Joey was the one doing magic tricks well, in the last what, one, who became what? a wizard. And Kincaid is the one who was really strong in that's, his dreams. That's right. What would we do, me and you, if we just pulled into a dream? Be like, Freddie, like, where are we? Who are you? Like, I've pulled you in to help me. Why? Why have you pulled in? Like, where, where are we? Freddie's drawing. Freddie's coming. Great. That's fucking brilliant. What would we do, Dan? Would we team up? We would team up, and I'd use my kickboxing skills. Do you think we'd have a double thing where you, uh, we'd link arms, and I'd bend over, and you'd fly with my back kicking them? Wow, I'm glad there was more to that. Like Golden Axe <clears throat> or something. Yeah, something like that. F- fucking a. a special special move. The Beard like brother, Beard brother, special move. I like it. We <laughs> both tug tug each other's beards, and then pff, something happens. I well, you're right, Kincaid and Joey are very annoyed that they've been dragged into Kristen's dream. Damn straight. Um, and they say, what, what What? are we doing here? She says, he's back, he's back. Freddy's here. They're like, no, 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 no. We killed him in the last film, remember? You're stupid. That's what? why it feels so... But I guess it is a continuation of a series of films, so I suppose it does make sense. But do you know what I mean? It feels so like, oh, you need to be like straight in that last movie watching it. Because I was just like, uh, okay. Um, I did recognise him as characters from before. And that. this would have been really fresh to audiences because it they would have only watched part three a year ago <laughs> so and they would have been at the height of their vhs what re-watching them over and over they probably watched it that day before they went to cinema to watch the next one Kincaid's dog bites Kristen on the arm and then everybody wakes up and Kristen's got a bite mark on her arm so yeah 
we we for those who haven't remembered we're reminded that these kids can link up in their dreams and they've got powers when they're in their dreams um they're stronger isn't it yeah they're stronger they're better they're faster they're harder (laughs) in their dreams what yeah fucking daft punk song (laughs) um yeah so in the morning Kristen calls around for alice now there is. I in the last episode there was a Tim and a Nora in one of the films. Oh, you like that, didn't you? Because that's, that's your family laws. And in this episode, there's Alice and her boyfriend Dan, which is funny to me. That's weird. Yeah, very strange. Well, well, most movies has a Sarah. Actually, I'm going to just quickly check. I bet it's not a Sarah in here now. I don't think there is a Sarah in this Damn, one. Damn, I'm wrong. Um, so yes, Kristen calls around for Alice on the way to school, and Alice has a brother called Rick. Uh, and they've got a dad who is a drunk, and they have a dead mum, sadly. So they're dealing with not in the house. Not in the house. That would that would be strange. Sit there at breakfast. Um, but dad's dad works a lot and drinks a lot, and we get to find out more about this. Dad works hard. He's hard. He's hard. He does. He does. They get to school, and we get to meet a bunch of. It doesn't really matter what their names are, teenagers. I, I love, though, uh, a good movie, which we have, especially in eight, 88, perfect, pretty much, it's like a good wine or something, not like drink anymore, a good non-alcoholic wine, maybe. Um, um, you see skaters. Skaters odding off a curb. I love it. Yep. Just cut, There's like scream, as soon as you scream uh, the first one, being skaters odding off curbs, it's just like the smallest, it's always just an ollie. You don't have to have much, maybe a kickflip, but just that. And it's always just sets for me the perfect scene of the 80s quintessential slasher film school setting. And these kids, they could be more 80s if they tried. Their, some of their hairstyles are fantastic. One of them One, reminds me of Casper from Kids. Because I don't know what that is. The, the movie Kids, Larry Clark film. Oh, yeah, 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 Kid of course. Casper, oh, black he spiky hair. He looks, yeah, like, the- it looks like him too, I used to have my hair spiked up like that, you see. Um, I think that guy, Rick, is trying to be Chris, Christian Slater so hard. Yeah, I guess uh, Slater would have been... got like uh, the, long, the long coat on, the yeah, spiky yeah, yeah. hair. No, that's, that's what he's going for. He was an idol of mine as well. I had about three Christian Slater posters up on my wall. I was just like, man, I've got to be this cool one see, day. See, I, I have curly hair. You can't be cool with curly hair. You could be like Simon and Garfunkel or something. You just can't be fucking cool. Phil Spector. Oh, good look, see? It just doesn't work. Every time trying to someone called Brian May, fuck off. Well, like, he's pretty cool. Fucking hell, he's he's not cool, good guitar. He? He's not cool. Play guitar. He's not cool. Ah, come on. The, the, the starters, I'm like, has got talent. You know. Um, sorry, I'm from dissing Queen fans or anything. I like Queen, you know. Well, these, these kids' hair and hairstyles and clothes are awesome. They're everything you, you would expect from 1988. Well, probably 87 when this was made. And they all head on into the school and Kincaid and Joey come up to Kristen at the lockers and say, look, don't pull us into your dreams anymore. Yeah, fuck off, you stupid twat. I was having a wank. Not even that, just don't pull me into the dream. Like, if you're going to pull me into your dream, pull got, me off. I've got an exam. Well, that does have to be sexual every time, Dan. I've got an exam in the morning. Don't, don't, you know, I don't want to be fighting Freddy Krueger. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an exam sorry tomorrow. I'm, sorry I'm late, teacher. I was fighting a dead paedophile that had been burned by all our parents. <laughs> it's not like the dog bit my homework, is it? No. It really why, isn't. Why it, are you late today, Kincaid? I'm going to say, if it's English and creative writing, I'm going to say that the teacher gives them a pass. Oh, that's a pretty good statement. All right. I'll tell you why I was late. Yeah. 
because my dog pissed fire and I fought Freddy Krueger, okay? Who's All Freddy right, Krueger? Okay. Then go through like a dead set on fire pedophile. It's just like, a, it's a whole thing. As soon yeah. as you, just throwing pedophile in there is a whole thing. It's, a, it's like a thing you've got to get into. You can't just throw pedophile around anywhere. Well, we cut to a karate montage because this is an 80s movie. I've literally wrote karate guy montage, but yes. That's great. So Rick, who is Alice's brother... Not, not Kung Fu, because it's 88. It's karate. Yeah, he's got the bandana on, and he's practising all the moves. This would have been when I was actually doing karate, because I would have been 11. I would have been doing karate literally in England while they are probably filming this. Yeah, and he's got a little dojo set up in his garage, and he's doing all the moves. And The, the dude who taught me is still teaching. What the shit? Yeah, well, some of these crime masters so, live yeah. to like ninety. That's didn't what they? I was thinking. I was thinking like some Kill Bill shit going on. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's doing his karate, and he's got nunchucks as well. So he starts using the nunchucks a bit, and yeah. then their dad gets uh, it's, home. It's always I was just like Dan likes this movie for this reason. <laughs> <laughs> and then drunken old dad gets home, and there's they've, some issues there. They've got a dog called Jason. Yes, well, no, Kincaid's got a dog called Jason. Hmm. Um, which he, which I find hilarious. Uh, so Dad's basically annoyed that Alice has presented his daughter has made him lovely dinner, and he says, "What's this slop? What am I supposed to do? I'm not a rabbit. This is just vegetables." And she keeps having these dreams that she's going to kill him or something like these little daydreams. But obviously, she doesn't act out on it. So her and Rick, her and her brother, are dealing with this drunken dad, and their mum's no longer with them anymore. So these are all the issues that are set up for our main. Uh, our main star. Um, so we cut to Kincaid, and he is going to have a little sleep now. He wakes up, and he's in the boot of a car, in the trunk of a car. Yep. Kicks the trunk open, and he realizes he's in a an old scrap uh, metal yard, or a like a dead car graveyard, if you will. Hundreds of cars piled up. And he thinks, oh, no, I'm in a dream. Damn it. But luckily, his dog Jason's there, as you said. So I, there's obviously, they all must have called the dog Jason because of Jason Voorhees, I'm guessing. But yeah, it's, it's a weird uh, thing. Is it, is, is it a diss, though? Maybe. It's not exactly like a, like, oh, it's a big high up thing there. It's called the dog Jason. It's like, you know, I love dogs and I, I praise dogs, but like, you know, that I might. Praise, I praise dogs. I, I do. I've got dog statues I worship. I've got my dog dungeon that I worship. Oh, wow. I'm a big dog of worship. Uh, okay. Doggy yeah. style. Um, well, he he jumps out of the car. <laughs> Are you literally just the rest of the podcast just going to say, just, just to finish off with. Bent over, and let's carry on. Boobs. Um, so he follows his dog into the sort of centre of the scrapyard, and his dog starts scratching at the floor, and he thinks, well, "What's this?" Then the dog, as I've mentioned several times, pisses fire yep. out of its cock onto the floor, and the floor cracks open, and there is a skeleton in there. And then there's really good effects here as all the flesh starts to reanimate and grow back over the bones. And who is it? It's Freddy Krueger. Of course, it's Freddy Krueger. And it's he's Freddy back. Freddy Krueger, indeed. 
And you think, oh, okay, well, we're going to be in for a good fight between uh, Freddy and Kincaid now, aren't we? There's a really nice shot, though, uh, with a silhouette of Freddy just standing there, his first introduction, with just his uh, hands, claws out, with the light behind him at a slight distance. Uh, it's really Indi- like, Indiana, really... Indiana Jones moment, I call that. Oh, uh, okay. It's uh, quite nice. Because he and puts the hat on. And it's him going, you shouldn't have buried me. Yeah. It's quite... He says, you should have buried me. I ain't dead. It's, uh, yeah, it's quite cool. Um, um, that, that was quite this. nice. I quite like that. This one, one thing with this film. At first, it, it does a little bit late on right to the end, but it doesn't have enough of Freddy. As soon as Robert England's on the screen, it brings something more to it. You're like, oh, nice, but there's not enough of it. His screen time must be really small, like all in all. Yeah, he's probably in it for like ten minutes, if that. It's not much, and it's a shame because he brings something a lot more. As soon as he's on, you're like, oh, nice, and then it's like, oh, he's gone again. Um, Kincaid still got his super duper dream strength, pushes the car onto Freddy, but Freddy survives, and that's really all the fight we get because then he just sticks his whole arm through Kincaid's stomach, and um, he says, "Tell your friends I'm back." And Kincaid says he screams up into the sky, "Kristen, Freddy's back! Freddy's back!" And it echoes around, and uh, yeah. That's yep. the end of our buddy Kincaid. We then cut to Joey, who is the other surviving dream warrior from the last movie. And Joey is watching MTV. He's having a great 80s old time, isn't he? On his water bed. <laughs> watching MTV, reading a magazine, just really loving life. And then he looks up at the poster of the hot model on the wall. She's not on the wall anymore. She's inside the water bed. It's a bit weird, but yes. Great 80s boobs. Um, and she pushes up underneath because she's literally inside the waterbed. So she's like, it's like a swimming pool in there. And she p- grabs him, and he thinks, "This is great. I'll get, I'll get him with her." But it's not, a, it's not a woman, is it, Gav? He just didn't really think it through really properly, did he? No, like, you know, if he realised that that there's a woman trapped inside his waterbed, is about to drown anyway. And he's Firstly, just going to have a corpse. All of a sudden, like, he's going to have to explain to the cops how he's got a corpse in his water mattress. Or don't bother, and she'll just slowly rot away or get really inflated. Don't bother. Did you say don't bother? Or just don't bother and put a duvet over it and just, you know, it's not going to smell because it's in the water, like, secure. But what happens if your mum comes in the room to, cl- to clean your room or change your bed in? She is going to have a heart attack and you're going <laughs> to you're going to get the house. Fucking hell! You've thought this through. It's a plan in motion. Oh shit! <laughs> it's not well, the, a plan in motion. I don't. The woman, the sexy I naked, do that. The sexy naked woman turns out to be Freddy Krueger, and the last thing he says to Joey is, "How's this for a wet dream?" But Which he would know it's Freddy if he thought about it more, is what I'm saying. It's a just long-winded yeah, way of me saying that. He lived through the last film. He, he knows must know. That these kind of weird shit can go on. He must know. He yeah. may, at some point go, <laughs> you know what, with wisdom in life, I've learned stuff. And i tell you what, this could be something to do with one of those traumatic events I've had fairly recently in my life. Oh, yeah, it was that paedophile killer came back in my dreams to kill me, but we should, we got past it. This could be something to do with that again. It's the fact that he doesn't realise that, and he just goes, all right, I'll get inside a water bed with Hang a, on a, minute. a topless woman. Hang on a minute. If you're a 15-year-old boy and he, a naked woman shows I, up I in the room... I was literally about to say, hang on here, hang on here. 
Soon you're going to just think that is like sex. That your mind switches off. It's literally like sex. All the blood rushes away from your brain. His dick's literally going. Here we go. You're like, oh, being pulled forward, thrusted forward. Yeah. Well, cut to back to Alison. Cut to mum in the morning. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll cut. Yeah, well, let's talk about that first of all. She comes in. She's going, Joey. <laughs> Joey, you're going to be late for school. And finds him in the Fun. waterbed. So now she's going to have to be like, what do I do? Do I just put sheets over it and tell the husband he left? But also, she's got to explain to the police how her son got into the waterbed. I know. And sealed it's back into up. what I was saying earlier. Yeah, I know. It's the whole thing now. It's like the uh, Eliza Lamb thing. It you know? is. Or she just goes, nah, just walks out. Not, nothing to Backs do with me. Backs away like home into the hedge. Meh. Must be a new craze the kids are all doing. Yeah, I'm not doing this. Like, like what Michael Hutchins used to do, but in a waterbed instead. So, nah. So, we cut back to uh, Rick and Alice discussing uh, their dad and their dead mum. And he says, look, you've got to stand up for yourself a bit more. Let me show you some of my karate moves. Well, you know, to impress women... In the 80s, there's certain things you could do. Karate moves is one of them. But this is his sister. He's, so he's not, he's not oh. trying to impress her. He's trying to give her, you know, he's trying to show Self her. Self-defense. Yeah, you know, this is it. And I guess against their dad. So if their dad ever really tries anything, it you can just. It is the 80s. It could be sister, to be fair. Sister, sister. I don't know where I'm going with that. I don't either. A romantic song about your sister. Um, Alice and Kristen talk about they've both been having bad dreams and we're going to find out basically that Kristen our new final girl she is she's been studying something called the dream warrior so just on a side note for our listeners she's been studying this whole thing where the dream warrior is a thing you can do where in your dream you take control of the dream because a lot of the time 99% of the time we aren't in control of what the fuck we're dreaming about but the dream warrior can take control of their dream and make it their own story their own adventure their own thing so she's been studying this so this is what's going to come into play later on in this movie but yeah they these two are discussing that they've both been having bad dreams could it be could freddie be on the rise oh we don't know then they hear there's no sign of there's no sign of joey and there's no sign of kincaid they've got empty desks at school do you reckon it could be a nightmare now? She's 69, the wet dream. Fucking hell. Freddy got a fingered. Uh, one of my favourite things in this film comes up soon, and it's actually Robert England as a nurse, a female nurse. I, I love that. It's, it's pretty much my favourite part of the film. Yeah, so she walks into class, and their desks are empty, Kincaid and Joey, and she knows straight away there's something up here. She screams... Um, she passes out, she's in Freddy's house, and she manages to sort of get out of that and wake up, but she's in the school office, isn't she? Mm. And like you said, the nurse is there, quite yeah. a masculine nurse. <laughs> and it's Robert England. Looks a little bit like uh, Deirdre uh, of Coronation Street. Yeah, for those UK listeners. Um yeah, so it's Freddy, and he does eventually turn into Freddy and try and get her. Imagine if you sneak it as a sneaky, uh, like the the rare Coronation Street episode was Robert England as Deirdre. You just didn't notice. That'd be weird, wouldn't it? It would be a weird one. Now, a character called Dan just starts tagging along with the gang. Fucking Dan. Fuck off. 
Now, Dan is the dreamboat, apparently, that, that all the girls are after. And for oh. no reason at all, he's oh, got... Yeah. He actually decides he quite likes Kirsten, even though she's, like, supposed to be this sort of pretty bland-looking girl who turns out to look like a badass at the end. It's the usual thing we've seen. But he takes a liking to her. He feels sorry for her that her friends are all de- dead, you know. So he starts tagging along. So we, we've now got this gang, core gang of four main people, who is Rick, Dan... Um, Kristen and Alice and they go to Freddie's house and Dan just buys into all this he's like oh okay great so you guys can go into each other's dreams okay cool cool right Uh, great stuff let's you know let's see what we can do and Kristen gets home and says to her mum I think Freddie's back and she's like you are very stressed you've two of your friends have died in the same day I think you need to have a little drink just drink this, drink this squash, orange squash. But she's put sleeping pills in it, Gav. Bitch. She says, what have you done to me? She's like, I think thought you needed to sleep, so I've just dosed you up on loads of sleeping pills. But to be fair, she's she's being parental. She's like, you do need to sleep. You, you're, you, you, This would help you. But you, you probably should say, like, you need to go to sleep. Oh, I can't sleep. Oh, have some sleeping pills. Or do you want to take some sleeping pills because it'll help you sleep? Not just drink it and go like, well, I've just drugged you. I've just well, roofied I love, you. I love this now because as Kirsten's about to pass out, she, says, she turns around to her mum and she says, I hope you're happy because you've just murdered me. And sort of passes out thinking, well, I'm going to have to go to sleep now. I'm it's such a teenager thing to say, though, to be fair. You've just murdered me. Yeah, oh, fuck off. You've just I hear, me. I hear all sorts. Well, she falls asleep and suddenly she's on the beach. I like uh, uh, Freddy's claws are thin like a shark going through the water. It's probably my second favourite thing in the film. Dun, 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 dun. And Freddy's on the beach with his shades on, being all cool. Not a lot really happens on the beach other than that. He just sort of shows up and then she wakes up, really. It's just another excuse to get Freddy in a, a location you've never seen him in before, on a beach. Different, like, basically a coke fueled idea. What could we do? Oh, let's just have it like Jaws. Yeah, that'd be great. It'd be hilarious. Uh, I mean, he does bury her in the sand, um, but she, she does manage to break out. and She's on the ceiling in the house. So an amazing set here. They would have had to build the whole thing upside down. Um, but going back to that very quickly, the beach... I suspect you're right. Probably was either coke fueled or they thought this will make some great publicity shots because I've seen loads of sh- pictures of Freddie or Robert England as Freddie on the beach with girls in bikinis and he's got shades on and they just thought if we get him on the beach, oh, we probably should film something while we're here as well. Yeah, okay, you know, or the other way around. Let's film something on the beach so we can take a load of publicity shots. One one shot would be uh, the <laughs> Freddie postcard greetings from hell. Love it. Yeah. It's all right. It's kind of comical. But story-wise, I, I, I'm just like, at this point, whatever. Well, Freddie reveals his plans right now in this stream. So she heads to the basement. Of course she does. That's where you're going to go if you're in Freddie's house. And he says, basically, because you also, because you can pull people into the dreams, I want you to bring me fresh souls. More children, please. Bring me more food. Because as we know, Freddy feeds on children's fears and then kills them in their sleep. So she now knows the whole plan. Mm. She w- she wakes up, and her and Rick go over to Kirsten's house and find that she's dead. 
she's dead. No more. No. So Rick and Alice, they are crying about her. They're, they're mourning her. And Alice says, you know, I think I should probably tell you more about the Freddy dream. So at this point, Rick, Rick is sort of having to come to terms with the fact that this is probably actually happening. He then gets Dan to really fully believe it as well. And we've got a little gang now getting together ready to take on Freddy, haven't we? Yeah, totally. It does feel like most of the Freddy movies are the same, but you do have obviously have formulas. Friday Thirteenth is the same, but it feels like you know a group of them they make a plan. Oh, we're gonna you know eventually we've got to stay awake, and then eventually like, oh we go to sleep and we put them in and we all get together and yeah. They've also got a friend called Sheila with glasses. Um, Sheila, and she's got asthma, and that will become relevant in a moment as to why I've said that. And they walk into class and they all start nodding off in class. And Sheila starts having a nightmare about her paperwork coming to life and sort of speaking to her in writing. <clears throat> and all of a sudden, Freddie is stood at the teacher's desk. Do you want to face? Yeah. And kisses her. And he turns her inside out pretty much, doesn't he? He deflates her. Yeah. Uh, 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 the the kid who did the uh, the karate t- w- wakes up in a dojo. Yeah, I-, I was like Dan likes it for this reason, and he got like Freddy voiceover sensei giving like words of wisdom, and it's bloody Freddy Krueger, and it's and he's has and he's invisible. So Rick is fighting an invisible karate yeah. assassin. It's almost like like Freddy's like the best sensei in the world. Could teach him how to fight for, for, uh, invisible. Yeah. Well, we should mention um, that he falls asleep on the toilet. Yeah, he doesn't know. Yeah, he's just going for shit. <laughs> and then falls asleep. And then suddenly, loads of cheerleaders come in. What? When he's and, in the bathroom? Yeah, it, uh, but it's all part of his dream. Oh, okay. Like, damn, they're gonna smell my shit. Because then his then the toilet cubicle turns into an elevator, takes him down to the karate dojo. He's just like, what were those mushrooms I took earlier? I've gone from having a shit to loads of cheerleaders. I've gone the shit, gone to an elevator, which I didn't know. And what is that? Oh, there's that Only Fools and Horses episode. No, no, no. There's a really good uh, uh, One Foot in the Grave episode where Victor Meldrew um, goes to a Chinese place and he goes to the bathroom. It's like a restaurant. And he goes to the bathroom, a special bath special loot and does the thing he's sitting and all of a sudden the toilet goes down and downstairs it's like a uh, brothel oh and he's like oh, and there's breasts in it it's the only episode of one foot in the grave with breasts in it's crazy very strange carry on um so, so yeah he's Dojo. fighting invisible freddy yeah and he manages to start kicking freddy's ass but freddy's glove it's got a mind of its own. He kicks the glove off and then the glove fires at Rick and kills him and stabs him. So we're at the funeral now. So they're dropping like flies. And in fact, one of them says we're dropping like fucking flies at the moment. That's why I think there's probably so many introduced because they're like, right, we're just going to have so many effects people just making so many kills. We need them going dead, 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 dead. You know. Yeah, that's probably why there's so many effects teams because it's like there's a time we've got to get this date with this film made if we're burning and chucking them out every year so you need to like have enough people working on the kills they want to see the kills go like fucking okay just come up with some kills okay let's do some lines of coke and come up with some kills you know 
So at this point now, at the funeral, Rick pops out of his coffin briefly, but it's all part of a dream. And he basically says to Alice, like, you're going to have to kill him. So it's now down, down to Alice and Dan. <laughs> uh, but also, their buddy Debbie, who's barely been in it, decides, oh, I'll come and join in. Now, Debbie likes to work out. Debbie does, Dan. <laughs> and we're going to get lots of shots of Debbie working out soon. Basically, like, she's another stereotype. She's the gym bunny, as we would call her now. Yeah. And Debbie gives her a studded bracelet to Alice. And says, you know, where, you know, keep this, and I'll always be with you to look after you. Have you ever had a studded bracelet? No, I've not. Have you? No. Nah. Collar? Studded, studded collar, yeah. Have you? What, neck one? No. no. <laughs> I'd love to say that. Fuck it out. I'm punk Dan. How are you doing? Now, I think the most punk thing I ever did was wear a Guns N' Roses necklace for about three weeks when I was about 12. Badass. Yeah, I thought I was. Badass. No one um, mess. Everyone stepped, up, stepped off the pavement when you were coming down the road. So we should mention now at this point that Alice is now starting to collect things from her dead friends. Not, you know, in a weird way, but her buddy, Sheila, gave her Careful a gadget. pants. No, her buddy Sheila gave her this gadget, and I still, for the life of me, don't have a fucking clue what this gadget is. It looks like a cross between a taser and a flashlight. Um, I don't know. She's got nunchucks, she, though. She's got nunchucks. She's got the oh, bandana. Dan, Dan likes it because the nunchucks again. She's got the bandana from her brother who's dead. She's got um, a studded bracelet. So she's collecting all these things, and she's realised she can harness what what it's going to transpire is she's going to be able to harness the power of all of her dead friends because their souls are in the dream world so when she's in there she can harness their their powers and combined like the power rangers combined she'll be able to hopefully defeat freddy so that's that's where this this plot is going um her drunken dad says i don't want you to go out tonight and that's because he knows what's going on because he's one of the parents who tracked down fred krueger they always are and well everybody who lives in this fucking neighborhood is it springfield they live in i don't know i think it's elmstrom springfield i think but all the parents there it must have been about 50 parents that got together and burnt this guy alive yeah (laughs) yeah well we cut to debbie the part-time friend working out another favorite thing here is the Sinead o'connor song that comes on which i really like yeah it's Sinead o'connor featuring um uh is it moany love because she raps gotta 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 touch me gotta put your hands on me oh i don't know i don't remember, remember that bit it's a great i didn't notice Sinead o'connor until the end credits yeah i like I, I like the version that doesn't have that but yeah and all the versions have got that in it yeah no i've got a version on spotify doesn't Okay, well, Sinead O'Connor featuring a, a female rapper, and it's really good. Yeah. It's good, it's a good song. But yeah, every time they cut to Debbie working out, they've got this sexy song on, which is sort of like, all about putting your hands on me. I want to feel you touching me. Song by Sinead O'Connor and, and a rapper, and she is she's working out. You know, she's pumping iron and, and having a good old time. So in the meantime, before we before because inevitably we know she's going to die in this scene. That's the only reason they've got her in a leotard working out is because Freddie's going to come along and kill her at some point. Um, so uh, that she goes to the to our main hero Alice sneaks out of the house and goes to the cinema. And she's watching the, a film on her own in the cinema, and everything on the movie 
starts turning into like a, an apocalypse. I was quite impressed by the uh, drinking the popcorn flying out of their stuff being sucked into the screen. Uh, yeah. That, that was really cool. And then when she actually went flying into the screen and dropped into it, black and white into it, it's done really nicely. Yeah. Hmm. There's a lot of almost too many ideas isn't there in this because we're we're rattling through these scenes and they're all so random and yeah they're cocaine fueled um and it's some of them are great and individually they are all great but put them all together it's, just because it's just because you like a lot to try and remember well just because you like 10 different ingredients doesn't mean they're going to make a great cake when you put them all together mm, that's kind thought. of what there we go and that's kind of what's happened here you know i like all these individual ingredients I'll probably try the cake, but it's not always going to work. Sometimes you're going to not want to eat that cake. No. <laughs> Although on this occasion, I kind of, I don't mind eating a slice of this cake now and again. Um, eh, I probably wouldn't. I'd probably miss it. Okay, so um, Dan and Alice get caught in a time loop, like a dream loop, which is really cool. I like this idea. She runs around the corner, she gets in Dan's car, and she's like, we got to go, we got to go save Debbie. They get to where they got to go, she gets out of the car, runs around the corner, and she goes, we got to go, we got to go save Debbie. And they, after about four times, he says to her, I feel like we've done this before. And she's like, hang on a minute, we're in a dream. This is deja vu, we're caught up in a dream loop. And I think that's a really cool thing. First time I ever saw that, I was like, whoa. Mm. I thought that was cool. Anyway, do you, think, do you think in episode 69, The Wet Dream, the nightmare would be like Freddy jerking you off? Me? or Just in general, like the, the victim. You're going to like this, and you know. Isn't there a, um, what's the movie with the paranormal hand job or something like that? Oh, there is something like that, isn't there? Yeah. Mm. Where someone's, there's a ghost that just goes around jerking people off. Or a ghost blowjob. Don't act quite. Yeah. Shark blowjob. There's been so many shark movies. There isn't a shark blowjob film, is there? I hope not. How's that work? <laughs> Painfully. Blowhole. Unless you're, unless you're giving the shark a blowjob. How's that work? Oh, just get underneath the shark. I don't know what, what happens with underneath sharks. It's not a shark spin sticking out the uh, water on that one. I don't know what goes on down there. <laughs> if any of you know what a shark's penis is like... Please, if let it, us know on the Facebook page. If any of you know what the bottom of a shark is like in the undercarriage, please let us know. The undercarriage of a shark. That's my new punk band, Sharks Undercarriage. Oh, shark undercarriage. Yeah. The shark okay. undercarriages. So, cut back to Debbie working out, and suddenly Freddy appears above she's her. Fucking hell, she, he snaps her arms with the weight, and oh. that is kind of cool. That so he bends her arms back, so her hands are going back to her shoulders so much that her elbow bones snap out of the skin. And then randomly, and this is only because she squashed a cockroach in the opening scene like an, an hour ago. It's, it's just, it's just like this. Just what can we do with the effects? She turns into a giant but praying mantis bug. Her head bursts open, and a bug's head comes out. Then she's in a roach motel, and he says. Uh, Something like check in, but you can't check out or something, and then he just crushes her. Uh, it's it's a 
it's a terrible mess at this point, and I'm talking about the, <laughs> I'm talking about the film story, not not the effects. Yeah, as we said, there isn't really a story. It's just it's what just stuff. Effects could be loaded up. In. Yeah, yeah. Which I get, I get for the time. I understand it. Um, Alice runs Freddy over because he suddenly he's in the street. They hit a tree. They take down to hospital in an ambulance. Um, she begs them not to put him to sleep because if he put him to sleep, someone's Freddy... face is peeled off as well, off the floor. They're just stuck, and their face just gets pulled off as they're pulled out of the floor. Yeah, who was that? I can't remember. It was a little bit earlier on, um, just before that. And uh, yeah, it's just. Oh like, no, that that it's... is that is Debbie. She she falls down onto the oh oh flypaper. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, and that as, is she's, her. as right. she pulls herself up, her face comes off, that and that's when the bug. Yeah, the bug's head bursts out of her. It's so all gooey and yucky. It's it's essentially an effects masterclass. This movie, yeah, yeah, not, yeah. and not much else. Yeah, and in fact, if if it was one company that had done everything, this would be the one movie you take as your showreel, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I did, did everything this, in this. Did that? Yeah. Um. So yeah, they ask him. You know, they beg him not to go to put him down to sleep. And he does go to sleep, but, and Freddy stabs him. But he's still kind of alive. He's just a bit injured. It's okay at the moment. So Alice decides to take some sleeping pills. And she wears Debbie's stuff. Um, she wears Rick's bandana. She's got his nunchucks. She's got Sheila's fucking weird gadget. I still don't know what it does. Is it a taser? Is it a dildo? <laughs> she really I don't show know. us what it does to make us go, oh, glad she's got that with her. Her friend says something to her. When she gives it to her, she says, oh, this is my spectral audio analyzer or something like that. I'm it could be a, a PK li- meter. I'm going to say it's a little pound carrying box for when she's at a shopping centre and she needs a supermarket trolley. It, it might be that. It might be a PK meter. It could be a vibrator. I honestly don't know what it does other than a light comes on and it makes some noise. Indeed. And it looks like it'll stun you like a taser. But anyway, she's got all these things with her. And she looks in the mirror. Obviously, this is the first time she sees herself because her mirror has been covered up with photos. She rips them all off and she looks in the mirror and she's a badass. And she says, fucking A. Does she? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hmm. She's ready for it now. And Dr. Kruger has Dan in the hospital now. Uh, so Alice enters Dan's dream while he's, you know, being beaten by Freddy. And Freddy puts him into, for no reason at all, they end up in a giant kaleidoscope, and then end up in a church. Dan starts hemorrhaging, and he fades away. We think he's dead, but actually what's happened is the doctors have woken him up, so he's put bit, come out of the dream. He hasn't died at all. And he says, why did you do that? I was going to help her. And they said, well, because... He, We've saved your life. You were hemorrhaging blood and we brought you back. So then we get this weird nonsense now where basically Alice starts doing martial arts, bat flips, somersaults, spin kicks, all doubled quite badly by a martial artist. And her and Freddie have a big old throwdown in this church. Um, he says to her, I'm eternal. You can't beat me. Um, she shoots him with the stun gun thing. He shows her that his torso is made up of loads of tiny little faces. That's quite cool. I love that effect. One of my favourite effects. Mm. And it's all the souls that he's ever killed. They're moving. There's loads of voices. You can hear them and stuff. Kind of like... It's quite creepy. It's like his torture, isn't it? Kind of like in Scrooge when Bill Murray opens the 
the creature in the lifts, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 the Grim Reaper. Because yeah. she, like she kind of shocks him with a beam, doesn't she? Well, this is, this is the beam from her friend's vibrating gadget thing. Oh, which we didn't um, know what was, so we weren't he, invested anyway. We don't know what it was. So she ends up slamming back against... He, sorry, Freddy ends up slamming back against the wall and loads of tiny little arms come out of him and all the souls that have ever he's ever killed all start grabbing at him and they just rip him apart. They rip his face off. Really good effects here. Obviously, it's Robert Englund with his head sticking for a wall. It's like um, Pinhead being taken back to hell. Yeah, it's great. And he's ripped apart. The souls are all free. They all fly away. And then Alice says, Rest in hell. And in the morning, Dan and Alice are holding hands. They go to a wishing well. And they chuck a coin in, and then we just see Freddy's reflection in the water, and that's the end. Yep. Now, there is no plot, per se, other than let's get a bunch of teenagers together and kill them in many, many multiple practical effects ways. What I will say, though, is, although we've moaned about parts of this film, it is fun. If you put it on on a Friday night or you put it on in the background over like the Halloween period, whenever you look up, you're going to see a cool thing happening, a cool effect. It's a Freddy movie and it's a, a later Freddy movie. So it's not going to be one of the ones that's like, oh, wow, like the first one was just so groundbreaking, you know, and made kids not want to go to sleep like i was nine when i saw it i didn't want to go to sleep like it really affected me it was based on a true story weirdly of loads of people dying in their sleep in the same apartment block that Wes craven read in a newspaper and turned into this but so take freddie out of this and just watch each individual scene for what it is which is as gav said it's a little effect showcase really each scene hmm and then they stitched it together with Freddy Krueger and chuck in some nunchucks that I'm happy. <laughs> I know you are. Uh, you give it a thumbs up? I'm going to give it, I do give it a smaller thumbs up. Like um, Jeremy Beadle's tall hand. Jeremy Beadle. It's the last, I th- maybe the third one. Okay, I'm gonna, I'll be realistic. The third one is probably the last great 80s Freddy movie. This one's all right, but it is clinging on to the coattails of the third one. It really, it came out so soon after. It's really trying to repeat what that guy you're seeing on lunchboxes, cereals, all the stuff we've talked about. It's really just cashing in on Freddy. And he's not in it enough. Like you said, Gabby, he's not in it enough, really. I enjoyed it when he was on there. I'd like to have seen more of uh, Freddy Krueger. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I, I, uh, I give it a thumbs down, really. I'm not. I'm not a fan um, but if you're a purist and need to watch watch them then yeah or you want to watch uh, um, you're like I just want some effects people loads of people dying in random ways uh, maybe watch this but then again I would go Friday the 13th but I'm biased towards that series I would say if you want to watch if you've never seen a Friday the th- um, a Nightmare on Elm Street movie and you want to watch some of them I'd say just watch the first three because the third one is Freddy is funny, but he's still... It well for next year, or next time. I've got to be honest, next year is Dr- The Dream Child. That is my I least favourite. I actually remember that one. That's where he's a, like a child taking down the stairs to the basement bit, isn't it? I actually saw that a couple of times on Sky Movies back in the day. The, the good thing about well, that one is... after? 
After that one is um, The Final Nightmare. What was that, six? With, with Roseanne Barr. Oh. Um, and and the the effects in it are incredible. The practical effects are just insane. And that was the one that was in 3D at the cinema. Everyone was raving about that. When, when's it? Uh, <laughs> so then Seven's... Seven is a new nightmare, which is the meta that one. meta one, which kind of influenced Scream a bit. I, I don't really know it. And, and then, then after that, it's Freddy vs. Jason. Jason. Oh, nice. I'll be into that one. Yeah, yeah. And then after that, and we probably won't be covering it, is the remake, which was fucking awful. I might have saw it, seen it, I'm not sure. Really not very good. But yeah, um, we still will cover number five because there was some good stuff about it. What I like about number five, um, <laughs> shows how much we love this movie. We're talking about the next one though. But the number number five, the one we'll be doing next, has um, the backstory of Jason, Son of a Hundred Maniacs and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so there we go. But yeah, so small thumbs up from me, thumbs down from Gav. If you're a completist like Gav said and you love your Freddy, you can't get enough. You're going to love this. If you would just want to see some crazy special practical effects, yeah. But it's not essential no. Nightmare on Elm Street viewing. No. Um, right, cool. Well, I uh, can see Bill Murray's popped in. Hello, Bill. Hello, Bill. What do you mean you can't stick around? Well, you have to do the outro. Yeah, you've got to do the intro and outro. You're paid, you're contracted for both. Okay, but he hasn't got. He said he hasn't brought anything this week. Oh, he's hand. Oh, you sent me an email. All right, I'll bring that up in a minute and I'll read that out. You don't. Uh, no point. Do we say we have to bring stuff? It's very nice no, of you. We appreciate it. it, but you don't have to bring stuff every time. He did it on the last episode. Now he thinks. No, you have to do it every time. It's not it's like fine. it's not like a a, a a weird fish or something bringing us gifts. Or, or a cat, cat bringing us a, a dead mouse. That's it, a fish. <laughs> I don't think a fish. <laughs> Fuck you know. Where does your mind go sometimes? I watched a video where like um, uh, uh, a dolphin or a whale. Oh, it was a young killer whale. Said, come with me. In fish language Fucking to the boat. The boat went out there, right? And and they the mum, the big mum killer whale, was like a bit like, oh, I'm fucked up somehow. I had something wrong with it. They sorted that out. And the boat, hey, and we're all happy. And they brought them back like a turtle or something in its mouth <laughs> as a gesture. Have you been watching Free Willy 3? Free Willy 3? Cool. Sounds like a weird one. Yeah. A trilogy we'll probably never be covering on this show. Um, okay. So, Bill, I know you're busy, but if you can just take it away, please, and take us into World of the Strange. Bill. Hi, welcome back to World of the Strange. World of the Strange. It's a strange world. It's a strange, Michael. It's a strange world. <laughs> anyway. Um, right, so Bill's enemy feels like he's let us down. As you said, you don't need to bring us anything, Bill Murray, but thank you anyway. So he's handed me two emails... He wants me to read the first one out. Um, okay. Okay. Freddy Krueger's the name. You know my game. Elm Street's the place. If you've got the time, I'm going to bust a rhyme. This is the lyrics to the Freddy Fatboy song, Bill. Right. You thought that was funny. All right. I'm not reading that out. Sorry, Gav. It's not that. funny. Yeah, I know. <sighs> right. Anyway. 
so the what's the story you've actually got for us right okay oh this i think gav's gonna like this one okay all right all right i'm gonna read this one out i won't spoil this gav by giving you the the headline i'll just start reading the story and let it evolve I know, I know you love letting the things just roll out, so... Um, yeah, I should try not to interrupt you, because sometimes it's hard because I'm always a bit up. No, I, I love it. I love it when you do. U.S. Customs and Border Protection said that the person that they stopped could have contracted a disease from the unusual jewellery and developed serious health issues. So I'll get into this story now. Okay. What country? U.S., Okay. A box of giraffe poo. <laughs> wow, your eyes. Uh, has been seized by customs agents at a US airport after a woman tried to bring the feces into the country to make a necklace. Right, my first question before we got to it was why. And you'd answered it before you even said it. <laughs> Changed my mind straight away. And it's like, we're, we're straight away getting into different questions without answers. It's like uh, we're telepathic or something. Wow, to make a necklace. Out of giraffe poo. Why? What's wrong with horse poo in a, in America? I don't know. Should we, should we go into the story a bit? Could you not get giraffe poo from a zoo? If you're that desperate, why'd you have to import it? There's another thing. There's so mm. many questions. The funny thing is, she declared. So they said anything to the clash. She said, "Yes, I've got this giraffe poo in a box." And did they just like what? There's a photo of it as well. It's not very nice. It's just lots of round turds in a box, and it's it's in just like a shoe box as well. What what what's going? On? She obviously got some problems well let's, let's get let's get into the story so the woman declared a small box of poo when she was selected to have her belongings inspected upon arriving at the airport in minnesota um by the u.s customs and border patrol she told the officials i picked the poo up when i was in kenya recently so she's picked it up herself put it in this box and she thought i'll bring it back with all my luggage because i'm planning on making a necklace out of it now, I understand you can go on a holiday and go to a castle and go, there's a little bit of stone from the wall there. I'm going to take a bit. And that's a bit of history. That I could kind of understand that. We a don't bit. condone that, by the way, guys. You I shouldn't don't, do. no, of course. But I understand that slightly. But, like, uh, like you know, like, you're, you're there looking at oh, animals amazing. There's such a. Oh, and there's all that poo. At what point do you look at the poo and your mind goes, necklace? Well, I'm going to answer that question for you now. Great. So the woman said, the woman from Iowa said, look, I don't know what the problem is. I've done this in the past. And they said, what do you mean? She said, I've made a necklace out of moose poo. It doesn't make anything better. I still need reasons for that one as well. So giraffe poo can be brought into the US if you've got the proper permits and inspections. However, she decided to negate all of that and just bring it in in a shoe box. I wonder who got the job of writing up that paperwork on the computer online. Johnny, Johnny, what about um, giraffe poo? What? How would, where do we stand on that? Oh, we haven't got that one, actually. Let's get that in the book. Um, well, you need a giraffe poo permit. Yeah, what what are we looking for? Like, you know, is it poisonous? So you need to be like, what sort of poo? What if it's a bad poo? At what point is there a thin line between good and bad poo? What what's going on? 
I don't know. But the state, the uh, a radio station have reported the woman isn't going to be facing sanctions because she did declare the feces, and they obviously they've confiscated it from her and it will be destroyed. Someone's well, job that day is to burn a box of giraffe poo. You didn't explain it the reason at all. You just said I've made another one. That did not explain that one either. We needed okay. some explanation of poo necklaces. I don't want just under my nose a necklace of poo. Do you <laughs> compress it into like a Lego block style? What do you do with do you, your poo? Do you cover it in sort of plastic so it's sealed? I presume you would, and maybe that. Uh, what does she do for? I need more answers. What does she do for a job? Because as much as you dry a poo out, as far as I know, it wouldn't turn into like wood or uh, a material that you could easily then thread through a necklace and wear around your neck. And like you say, it's gonna smell a bit. Unless you, unless like you say, you've lacquered it up or something. But what, 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 what why? And at what point do people? Oh, that's an interesting necklace. That it looks like shit, shaped shit. What is it? Shaped shit. Right. I mean, to Do you fair, want to kiss lo- me? Oh, okay. What's that smell? Is that your breath? No, it's my shit necklace. To be, to, to be fair, the lumps of turd in the picture do look like big round beads that you would probably wear in a, in a very big beaded necklace. Do you like my necklace? Do you think it's shit? No, of course not. Well, it, each, is actually, it is actually shit. It's made of shit. Each one is about the size of like a plum, I would say. It's quite big. Well, it's like a Marge Simpson shit necklace. Yeah, it is a Marge Simpson shit necklace. What the fuck? What's <laughs> up with this person? Bill's happy that you're reacting this way to this story. Um, is the, there... See, now I need to know. Is there... What other things have people made in the world out of shit? <laughs> well, because of this, the US Customs and Border Protection have had to issue a statement reminding people about the dangers of bringing fecal matter into the US. If somebody enters the US and hasn't declared fecal matter, there's a high possibility you could contract a disease from the jewellery and develop serious health issues. This is somebody had to give this statement. Someone had to write this up. A statement to the press about it. Um, African swine fever, classical swine fever, foot and mouth disease, and swine vascular disease a are, like men- that, are in- many. Go on. Are many of the diseases that can be found in Kenya, and therefore in giraffe poo. So she could have brought in one or all of those: African swine fever, classical swine fever, foot and mouth disease, or swine vascular disease. And start off a fucking pandemic. How did the pandemic start? Well, we may as well just kill all of the human race because we're as thick as shit because we like to wear shit as necklaces Marge Simpson it's like oh sorry for like I'm standing there maybe there is these pearly gates and there's heaven and the god and he's got a little sign in book and he's standing there going alright god how's it going oh, I'm alright I don't know you've been alright yeah, so right you you fucking killed the whole planet like the whole fucking planet you destroyed because you wanted a shit necklace why couldn't you just buy some fucking necklaces like why do you like it must be like some symbolization for the woman where she's got the giraffe with her the whole time the innards of the giraffe around me i'm really sorry to say that there is no reason given for her to want to do this if she's listening (laughs) 
give us an email explaining it and I won't go as harsh on you she's she's been asked to ha- remain anonymous I fucking would be wouldn't it <laughs> like, Jesus Christ can you please not to let anyone know that I wanted a shit necklace the funny thing is when you keep saying shit necklace I just keep thinking of like a really rubbish you know low quality necklace but you, you mean legitimately a shit necklace that's what I'm saying she say people drink my necklace shit and they're like no no not at all it's a bit different to giving a, somebody a pearl necklace isn't it you give someone a shit necklace fucking hell Sarah wouldn't like that fucking hell I don't think many people would especially if it's coming out of a giraffe <laughs> <laughs> you gotta stand underneath it yeah, no, you know that's taking that's taking some sexy stuff really weird it's weird enough anyway people shitting on each other but come on animal shitting on you so it's like it's going yeah. into territory and you know that that is done somewhere and I'll tell you what giraffes their poo is like I've said it's ranges between the size of a plum and an apple I would say and they're very tall so if you're lying on the ground and those are dropping down on you that's probably going to hurt a little bit it's got a headache like... well, I've got a headache I was at shit lumps I imagine it to be like one of those tennis ball firing machines but you're led on the ground and it's firing down what, at you what sort of pleasure would you get from that oh. <laughs> I think oh. we're going into a weird territory now <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird one this is world of the strange this is the world of the shitty strange well, let's shift gears now because I do have. Um, thank you for that, Bill Murray. Thank you, Bill. Um, so, moving away from fecal matter, um, I mentioned in the last episode that my children had been talking to me about the people that live in the dining room door, the skeleton that's in the wall in their bedroom, and there is a plastered over wall, uh, and the werewolf slash big dog that lives in my bedroom. Oh, and the owl that visits them in the night. Well, there's a little addition to that now. So keeping with the, the hallway and the dining room door, I was told several times over the last week about the ghost that's in the hallway. And I said, where? And they said, he's there, right there. And we were all having dinner. And it was basically, this ghost was apparently watching us. And I said, what's the ghost doing? And they said, he's eating. I said, oh, is he having dinner as well? And they said, no, but he eats off the floor at night. The ghost eats off the floor at night. The ghost eats off the dining room floor at night. They're probably just saying stuff, though. They're very young. I know, but... The, the, the fact that if you actually visualised that and had a ghost on all fours eating off the floor would be the creepiest shit ever. Yeah. Well, it'd be like yeah. that scene in um, Audition when that thing gets out of the bag and yeah. starts slurping down on that sick. So that's that. So there we go. Giraffe poo and ghosts eating off the floor mm-hmm. and fat boys raps so thanks for that um gav any more to say about shit necklaces no <laughs> no I, I, I think while i'm on this planet i won't talk about nexus made a jar of shit again i'm sure if we googled it there would be many items made of shit it's i know i know that, for it i know that well guano is um, well, it's it's not just bat shit. It's it's another word for shit. But different types of guano can be made into pottery and pipes. Tribes do use shit, um, but, but to hang around your neck. Yeah, to bring a shoebox full of giraffe turds home because you want to make a necklace is just 
you need to be locked up, really. The human race is doomed. <laughs> Bill, take us out of here. That's all the time we've got for this week on World of Strange. Next week, though, give me Ira. Hairless pets. Weird. Ten years ago, on the night of October 31st, a small Midwestern town fell victim to an escaped killer. Under the cover of darkness, he carried out the most horrifying mass murder on record. Sixteen people in cold blood. Ever since that night, no one has forgotten his name. And Halloween has never been the same. Michael Myers has come home. He has returned for one more night of unholy terror. Michael! He's here to kill that little girl and anybody who gets in his way. Oh, God! Who's gonna be next? Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers. Maybe nobody knows how to stop him. Halloween 4, the return of Michael Myers from 1988. 5.8 out of 10 on IMDb. Ten years after his original massacre, the invalid Michael Myers... Really? Okay. The invalid Michael Myers awakens on Halloween Eve and returns to Haddonfield to kill his seven-year-old niece. Can Dr. Loomis stop him? Probably not, because I think he's drunk and just looks... Michael! Now, this is the the stage of Donald Pleasance, which is your impression. It is... I was was listening to him going, is it Dan? Has Dan got my copy of the movie and somehow dubbed himself? Yeah, because this is after he's been burnt in the fire. So in this one, he's got all the shit special effects on his face. And he's like hobbling around with a stick going, you don't understand. And I'm pretty sure that's that's not me like this and Donald Pleasant. I'm pretty sure it was known that he was. I shouldn't know this for sure because I'm just perspective He was drinking on on set. Most likely. Mm. Most likely. Um... Well, this is a funny one because obviously this is after the uh, right. We're going to try a different thing here. We're going to do Halloween Three Season of the Witch. It's a different thing. I've got an idea. John Carpenter saw helming out. He's on, on my screen now. Helming out a little bit as a producer, uh, being involved with composing and obviously the making of the film and trying to take that that the idea of on a Halloween. There's a different movie every year, almost like an anthology, but over set over a decade or whatever. And it didn't work because the crowd and the audience wanted the Michael Myers because he was in the 80s, as we've said already and said many times on this show, is a point in the slashers uh, of that, that century where the height of them was the main killer. Generally, a big male character uh, uh, with a knife or something like that, killing people. Um, 
and it didn't work because he's a witch so they had to put it back so this is the one where they're putting it back and I love the fact Donald Pleasant's kept with it so he died bless him because um, he really liked the character of Dr. Donald uh, uh, Dr. Loomis Sam Loomis was taken from Psycho the name um, but yeah this is the first time they're bringing it back again and it's quite interesting because they're like shit we've got to, we've got to do this again um, what do you think about this film? yeah I I think in the same way it's interesting so I have this on VHS I have all the Halloweens Jasons and Freddies on VHS and I always kind of don't bother really so much with four, five, and six of the Halloweens. Um, before I get into my sort of thoughts on, on this, um, the big pull for this one, I think, first of all, the Halloween franchise saw what the Jason and the Freddy franchises were doing and thought, we want some of that money. Um, you know, there'd only been two Michael Myers movies at this point. There'd been three Halloween movies, like you say, but only two Michael Myers movies. And they thought we can turn Michael into a, a Jason or a Freddy, you know, and, and they tried and it, it didn't quite work for me, but I was pleasantly surprised rewatching this. In fact, my scores dropped slightly by one point for the Freddy movie we've just reviewed, but gone up by a point or so for this movie, because this movie um, on paper is, is, ticks all the boxes for the the horror slasher blueprint um it's a good story it's not an amazing story it's a good story it's a bit of a looser what can we do I, 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 i'm gonna have questions which obviously i know you can't answer but I, we can discuss if they involve giraffe poo necklaces i can't answer them absolutely not um but what i like about this is i I like the characters. I, I get behind them. I care about them. And actually, it's it's well written. It's a well written plot. Um, yeah, I don't totally agree there, with you on that. There's a few. There's a few bits that aren't, but the main characters that we follow, I quite like. And I, I think um, your sister, who's in this, I will explain that again. Um, is phenomenal. I actually would think. I think she's incredible in this. Um, All right, I have got someone in here who is the best actor, but we will get to that. Um, looking at the special effects, like I said, I would do. Yes. I would say, visually, just check, check, thrown out there. I'd say that it's probably one twenty fourth of the size of the others. Wow. Yeah, one twenty fourth. That's what I'm going with, I guess, from visually looking at it. Yeah. Well, that's a you know, it's a huge difference, and and this isn't an effects heavy thing. This is trying to go back to that because obviously they're like, right, what are we could do, and obviously they're going to look at which they do, and you can tell through this film at different points you're like, okay, they're homage, which is never a good thing to do an original, which they're classic because it makes you go, oh, I wish I was watching that film. Um, um, but they've gone back and looked at that and gone, okay, this is the base we're going from. Let's make that film. Um, at times. It has that kind of junk art to it starts to go that way a little bit and then just goes. It was it was better than I remembered and certainly better yeah. than yeah. than in, in the series. Yeah. It, it's not as good as H twenty. No, um, but one. it's certainly better than five and six. Um I wanted to yeah. talk about the director very briefly, Dwight H. Little interesting career again like the last director um rennie harlan so this was his first main film sort of big film that he did he did a couple of little films before this and then after this he directed some tv stuff he did freddy's nightmares the tv show he directed a couple of episodes of that 
He then went over and did some kung fu, some martial arts films. He directed Steven Seagal in Marked for Death. Nice. And then he directed Brandon Lee in Rapid Fire, which is an awesome movie if you haven't seen it. Okay. Then skipped over to Free Willy 2. We talked about Free Willy recently. Just... <laughs> Earlier on. Yeah. Free Willy 2, The Adventure Home. Uh, then he directed Wesley Snipes in Murder at 1600. Is the first Free Willy going to come up later on in the show too? So we've got like all three of them. Maybe. He went on to do some X-Files episodes, then stuff like Arrow. So really dipped his toe into lots and lots of TV shows, Good CSI. Him. Good for him. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Dust of Dawn, the series. And he's got a new horror movie out, which I'm hearing good things about, which came out this year. Interesting. Called Natty Knox. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's um, I think I have seen the name. People are sort of talking about it. It's an unusual name. So he's still doing stuff, and he's made a horror movie in 2023. So he's gone around the houses. He's done Free Willy. He's done some martial arts with Seagal and Brandon Lee. You know, uh, but he's gone back to where he started with a horror movie. So it'll be interesting to see what Nat- Natty Knox is like. Um. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that, and especially because Free Willy is in his back catalogue. We've all had a Free Willy in our back catalogue, so I can resist that one. <laughs> Fucking hell. It's not the Carry On podcast. Um, Donald Pleasant. Donald Pleasant is back in this one, isn't he? He's he is. um, like, like you said, he is fucked in this one because he's, he's all burnt and his voice is even croakier. It's, yeah, it's you. Um, the opening of this film, we do have like these uh, quite nice atmospheric kind of John Carpenter shots where it's very uh, still. It's just just literally shots of like an old town, just little things here and there, Halloweeny things, uh, just little yeah. photographs, real still, a, well not photographs, still here, shots, static. A, a barn door there, yeah, you know, just showing quite, us that it's, it's that season. It's actually kind of, it really does actually put you in there and straight into the kind of Halloween atmosphere that John Carpenter created. Yeah. Which is the music score, the slowness, the town, kind of a Stephen King type way, but more of a stylish way of Le- John just Carpenter. leaves leaves blowing along the ground. Yeah, that kind you of all thing. know that vibe, and that's that's kind of why I like the Halloween movies, and that's why it's kind of weird. It is there's almost with Halloween compared to Friday Thirteenth and Jason, they're both in their little section over here. Halloween's a different section because it does come with like a more of a pedigree. Not saying that Wes Craven didn't with Nightmare on Elm Street, but Halloween. Uh, is a, a lot more crafted, stylish sort of film, um, more so than the Friday Thirteenth ones, and I think that set the, the set the tone of it. And they've always tried to kind of keep a more serious thing to it. In that there's no uh, jokes I agree, going actually. on. You know. I agree, and, I, and actually, I talked in my la- in our last review. I said that at the three franchises, Jace, you know, Jason being our favourite. Freddy wins the award for best effects overall, but I would say yeah. best atmosphere in any of those franchises definitely belongs to Halloween. Yeah. Um, even in the poorer entries, you still got that atmosphere of this town with all these houses in these in this little neighbourhood, and shit's going to go down, and you just get this, and it's always on the cusp of Halloween, and it always feels and that's so. That's the best thing. It's it always feels really seasonable. We love and Halloween. That, and this is why we loved Hubie Halloween, weirdly, which we are covering on our next episode, because it still keeps that small town 
Halloween time of year, leaves blown on the ground vibe. It does something, and it you know there's something about the imagery of a pumpkin on someone's porch, or you know a Halloween decoration up, a skeleton in someone's window. Yeah. Happy Halloween, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And then a so, shot so, that has pegs with masks hanging on it and stuff like that. And this beginning totally sets that vibe, and uh, so we're strange this town. But we start off at this sort of morgue hospital, and we find out it's actually like the original, a transfer for the old fogey Michael Myers, apparently, who's like apparently some now like, like how old's he of them to class this? Well, this takes place in October. 1988 so but, but how old was michael Moore? what were they saying how old he is then he must be in his 30s by now that's if it's not no probably 40s i guess possibly but that's not really decrepit like they're saying is it no they mean invalid as in he's oh. been in a coma he's not really right movies comatose silly, aren't i he's okay. barely moved so no, anyway, invalid as in, he's it, an old crippled old mum and it's a transfer loomis obviously we're going to find out hasn't been informed about this um um but um, is he actually still a, a working doctor, Loomis is? Or is he retired? Um, well, the guy... He does that, seem when to be like, why are you so invested as I am? When they're prepping him for transfer, and my first question before I talk about that is, why the fuck do they always transfer Michael on Halloween or the day before Halloween? Why? It, it is, does seem a wrong time to do it. That like your patient, if there's any moment in 365 days of the year, uh, your patient could be traumatised. Is there anything which might be a trigger? Well, Halloween, he, he slaughtered his sister, and that's kind of why he's here. Right, when are we doing the transfer? It's the day Halloween? before Halloween. Or is it Halloween, is it? Well, no, they start the transfer on Halloween. Wow. No, they start the transfer the night, like two hours before midnight or something. Oh, right, so it's bit. just before Halloween we're doing it. Right, I think we should change it. You know. It's, come on, Lewis it, knows, and Lewis is not happy, though, when he finds out. It would be like um, having a, a patient who's a werewolf and saying, right, we're going to going to let them go for a little walk in the park because they haven't been out for a while. When should we do it? Full moon? Don't, yeah, don't do it on a full moon. Oh, no, I'm, I'm going to send them out on the oh, full moon. Oh, it's thought... going to be a full moon when they're out there. Literally, the moon comes out when they're on the walk. Don't do it then. I've got, some pet, I've got some pet mogwai. I was going to take them all for a swim. No, yeah, don't, no, no, don't, don't do, do that. that. No, no, I'm going to take... I thought they'd want to go for a swim. I was going to wake the vampire up. I know it's daytime, but it's all right now. No, <laughs> no don't do that, because that's what kills them. Yeah, they, um, they go to transfer him, and they talk about... You know, you get that kind of Silence of the Lambs you get the style. Info dump, yeah, the guard yeah. going through town and what's going on. And it is very Silence of the Lambs type thing. Oh, people in here are crazy. You know, that sort of thing going on. He says, um, Welcome to hell. <laughs> and he says, Do he you not hear about this guy? It, he? He's like, This guy murdered 16 people on Halloween 10 years ago. Uh, his doctor, his own doctor, shot him six times and set him on fire. Yeah. <laughs> and um, when they're about to do the transfer, the main head of the department, somebody says to him, have you informed Dr. Loomis? And he's like, no, he hasn't really been in touch lately. Oh, he's still working then. He says, yeah, to be honest with you, I can't wait for him to retire it's or like die. In, like in office space, they probably just stopped paying him and moved his desk down into the basement, but he's still there working away. He is, he is fully 
lunatic in this now at this point he is i'm a raging alcoholic lunatic with a firearm concerned that this killer who has a child from years ago which i don't know why i'm still hanging on to this because it's been years since and i've probably had other patients some reason <laughs> i'm not getting paid for this. some reason i'm fucking obsessed with this kid well um as they evil. leave as they leave in the ambulance somebody says drive carefully and then we get the classic score kick in and we no. know no, this is what happens. We've got this bit going up. We've got the setup of what's going on. They've got the character. His arm kind of fell down. They put the arm back on the bed. That classic motif. And then we get in the ambulance. And we've got a slight bit of tension built up here. Just out there. The atmosphere from early on. A slight bit of tension. It's still leading on. Completely taken away. Where Michael just goes, Oh, right, fucking, I'm awake now. I'm going to shove my thumb in your eye. And then it cuts it like the, the classic Halloween theme tune. It's like, that suspense is completely just gone baseball bad hit it away and we're just da, 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 da. okay Halloween. just before that somebody drops in oh apparently he's got a niece this is only living relative and that's and then he gets his thumb through his forehead now Gav, I, I when has michael myers been able to thumb you through the head yeah i don't know uh but that just happens. not even through the eye we don't the see anyone else die though but like i said the 124th the effects team of the other movie but we really don't we just see it all of a sudden we see it later on discovering ambulance upside down the river but we get to that we will get to that well we cut to the introduction of young jamie lloyd played by a very young danielle harris who would go on to become a scream queen in her own right she's um very sexy older woman oh, and, and one drunken night a sister to me one drunken night so it was a long time ago you told this story gab i feel you owe it to our listeners who, who aren't perhaps as seasoned as others to remind us why every time danielle harris comes up i always say your sister um, and, and watching it earlier, watching the film, so watching it before the show, I actually thought, yeah, I think this is the movie that, that got me to send her an email. And I was just really drunk, and I feel quite responsible for possibly like her thinking, God, my fans are fucking weirdos. Like, you know. <laughs> I was just very drunk and sent her a message saying, you know, I feel like we grew up together. Uh, and like, you know, so it's like you're my sister. Because I used to watch this film so much stuff. Don't know why. It's because she's in a few other movies, you know. Uh, I was just drunk. I wasn't coming on to her. It wasn't like some like, weird thing. I wasn't just sending her pictures of my penis, which, you know, is weird anyway, personally, I think. Um, just said that. But, like, that's enough for to, like, if someone said to me, I feel like we're brothers, like, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think it's that weird, but I do think. It she probably gets it a lot. See, I said that in a fairly clear way. You got to remember, I, I wrote that in an email, drunk. That could have come across with the grammar. That could have been like just me, just speaking out loud with no commas, or nothing. You know, you'd yeah. be like, "What is this insane person sent me?" Our listeners want to know: Did she reply to your email? Uh, yeah, um, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I, um, I'm pretty sure not. I would remember. Um, I'm. Oh, praying that I don't meet her ever or <laughs> she some reason would remember I'm sure not I'm sure she um, doesn't remember every weirdo because that would be weird 
Well, well, Jamie is is going to turn out she is the the uncle of the boogeyman, and so she's the remaining niece, the remaining living relative of Michael Myers. Her parents are both dead, and she's now in foster care. She cannot sleep. It's four a.m. Right. What? Why has she got PTSD for? So her mum is Jamie Lee Curtis. What? Who's her dad? No, no. Yeah, they say that. That's they say that's Jamie. That's. Uh, Laurie Strode's daughter. Oh, really? I thought it was Later that was her on. auntie. Oh, right, okay. No, and, and Michael Myers is, is her uncle. Ah, oh, right, okay. Because uh, Michael Myers is Laurie Strode's well, sister, brother. I it's guess all, she's it's got... all fucking very fucking Jay, um, James Bond. It's very uh, Turn the Jedi Star Wars, isn't it? But, but the reason she's suffering is she's a very young child who only 11 months ago lost both of her parents so 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 where's laurie strode and her dad then they're dead how did they die uh i can't remember if they they cover that really it's in a just, car crash or something it just seems i remember what, what i only watched it earlier today and i was taking notes down and i was like i missed these bits i'm just definitely gonna have to ask that but uh i don't think they were that clear i don't i don't think they really say I feel like there's definitely cut and room scenes. And this is the problem with the, the the Halloween franchises. It's disjointed. They there's three or four timelines. But yeah, know. why they just yeah exactly now they must be like where do we start with this coming back after the season of which which understandably would be hard but don't bother but they're like at the same time like must have a cad and the producers must be like we just want to make money they not, probably so, thought you know they Jamie probably Lee want Curtis, to make a film but well, they, they probably thought Jamie isn't coming back Jamie Lee Curtis isn't coming back so let's let's just say that her that she's dead little did they know that she would come back. And fuck up the timeline, and then come back again in a different timeline. Yeah, it's 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 weird. Mm, it is weird. Um, but yeah, so that makes sense. That's why she got PTSD. Thank you. And um, she's basically been fostered by family. Yeah, she's got pictures of Jamie Lee Curtis that she keeps looking at, and she keeps seeing Michael in the mirror behind her, but he's not really there. She's a very nervous, anxious, paranoid, scared little girl. Um, she does a good but job, why, like I said, I think she's great she in this. Why is she concerned about Michael Myers? Surely uh, Laurie Strode, Jamie Lee Curse, as a mum, would have hidden that from her. Now, let's take it she, from the She would have done. Let's take but, it from the new films, the Gordon Green ones, where that's a thing. The mum's like a raging alcoholic, Jamie Lee Curtis, isn't it? And trying to use that as a coping mechanism for the trauma. Let's presume that actually happened if we kept this timeline. She would have still... So I suppose she said, yeah, she could have been really freaked out again by the fact that he might be coming back. So, well, it's let's not forget. She's, as a daughter, is seeing these images of something because that she's never I'm seen. I'm trying to tell you. Because everyone at school is constantly bullying her and reminding her that Michael Myers is her uncle and constantly saying, Jamie's uncle's the boogeyman, Jamie's uncle's the boogeyman. And they're just like winding her up totally and... It's, it's it's just a, something she what they should have done is done a um what do you call it a uh, witness protection type thing where they didn't tell anybody her real name and and moved her to a completely different town move, move from the town where where these things happened would have made sense for Laurie Strode because because that her school You'd think Laurie Strode would move away yeah because at, at school it was you see in a moment all the kids are just absolutely horrible to her um but yeah, so she's she's not she's not great. 
she's going through some stuff that a child probably shouldn't and she keeps seeing images of michael she has a moment where um her cupboard door keeps opening and then a hand comes out from under the bed which really was one of my traumas as a kid that something would grab me from under the bed so that always grabs gets me that one um and it's michael in a very shit mask let's talk about this shit mask i'm totally sneaking into your house one night under my bed with the box of giraffe poo. Uh, well, no, he doesn't have a shit mask yet. Well, we do see his mask at this point. He pops out from under the bed, and but it's all a dream. Oh, oh sorry, yes, the dream, not the actual. Because I'm quite interested to talk about when we get to it what we do see the stages of development of <laughs> Michael Myers in this film. Well, it all turns out that that was a nightmare. None of it was real. She's just having these nightmares over and over again. And we cut to morning, and it says, had on screen, it says Haddonfield, 31st of October, 1988. You would think, though, her PTSD would be her, her parents having a car crash, and that's what she'd relive in nightmares. Not Michael Myers. What? Why? Well, I don't know. There's no reason for it. It just ties it into the, the second film, doesn't it? It's, that's all. It's just a load of shit. Go on. Cashing in. Um, so it's family breakfast time, and her foster parents are having to go out unexpectedly on Halloween night to a big function that her her foster dad is getting some award or being made been promoted. So they say to her foster sister Rachel, "You've got to uh, you've got to look after your, your foster sister tonight." And she's off oh, a. God's sake! I don't want to look after her. I'm supposed to be going on a date with my boyfriend. It's quite uh, a, a good teenager uh, response. Uh, I could, I could see this. But little does she know that poor little Jamie's listening outside the door, and she says, "I'm really sorry that I've ruined all your lives. <laughs> my parents died, and my uncle's a killer, and now I'm here, and you're all having a shit time because of me. You're so. a bunch of cunts." And then the, the parents say to her older foster sister, well, I hope you're proud of yourself. You really need to think before you speak. You've, she's already going through so much. We're only asking you to look after a little girl. So she feels guilty about that and goes in and they make up and it's all fine. Yeah, well and done, she said, cop she, she, she promises her, I'll take you out trick-or-treating tonight. It'll be fun. We'll have a good time. It'll be fun. I'm sure it will. But but it should be because uh, uh, she isn't traumatized by Michael Myers. She doesn't need to be. So Halloween's not really a thing. It's her parents' is 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 thing. Unless it's the anniversary of the parents dying on Halloween, which I don't think it is. Otherwise, yeah, that'd be again, eleven months. Silly. Yeah. So again, it should be fine. Well, cut to drunken old Loomis turning up at the hospital to pay his visit to Michael on Halloween. Why wasn't I told? He's got a very burnt face. He's very angry. What do you mean? It has been removed. And he keeps saying, it, it's, what, where is it? Um, and he's talking about Michael. And then I they say, love the guy, other guy saying to him, I think you need mental help. <laughs> yeah, he does say, I think you need mental help. And he says, um, is this just one of your patients? He's like, it's not a patient. It's not a human. It's evil. Just evil incarnate. And the guy's just like, go home. And just as that happened, saved by the bell, Dr. Loomis, old Donald Pleasance, doesn't need to wipe his penis in the curtain. 
he's gonna listen to what's going on on the phone call that is a that is a reference to a movie not me being crude um he is gonna listen to the phone call that the uh, guy there takes and says to him what ah puts the phone down next place him there's been an accident Whoa! it's the ambulance oh! and he just stump turns around and waddles out like the joker yep. or the penguin sorry not the joker cut to the police crime scene so the ambulance that was tra- transferring michael is in a ditch in a river uh on its side upside down where where are all the bodies did you count all the bodies they're, like well they're all a, a bit mangled up it's a mess we we really can't. come yeah. on they can figure out how many bodies how, are in that ambulance why is it a mess how has just a, a bus turning upside down like made all the limbs and torso and everything just go for, like split everywhere and how has Michael done that as well? Well, this is this first sign of just how crazy he is. He pushes the cops out of the way and he, in fully just, clothed... Just goes, I'm going down just, there. He just wades into the water up to his waist. He is like an insane, <laughs> demented Columbo he is, at this I was point. about to say the exact same sentence. He just wades into the water up to his waist, starts looking in the back of the ambulance, which is smeared with blood. You know, it's a crime scene. He's contaminating it. And there's a great Columbo episode with Donald Pleasance. Very good. Oh, Columbo! Yeah. And he looks inside and he says, he's gone. And they're like, well, I've seen bodies thrown hundreds of feet, you know, with a crash. I'm sure he's around here somewhere. We'll find his body. The police are so casual about it. This is one of the biggest serial killers in the last 10 years. And and to be honest, this should be quite a a crime scene if there's bodies just all over the place. It's like, how has that happened? Like, you know, um, actually, when he looks in the ambulance from a distance, get a wide shot of the bridge and the water. It's a really nice shot, actually. There's some good choices in this with regards to times director the the director of photography the photography is quite nice yeah and i'm actually thinking about some of the films we've mentioned that he's done the director has makes good choices um marked for death is a very good cigar movie yeah Uh, rapid rapid fire has some great um shots in it yeah um so loomis is like i'm going to hadfield Turns around they, and just stumps off. They just go, let him go. Just, just fuck him. <laughs> I can't be bothered with it, honestly. Honestly, everyone in this movie looks at him when he stomps off or says something like, Like Good, he's pissed just out go. of his face. Just know. let him go. So Loomis gets himself over to a garage to get some fuel. Well, before then, we, we see the garage, don't we? There's a man under the car fixing... Oh, of course. Fi- ...fixing the car, and he's in, a, he's in an overalls... And overalls that might just fit a certain Michael Myers, perhaps. Who knows? And he's sort of he's under the car, and he sees someone's come in the garage. Who is this? And I love the look of Michael Myers in his hospital gown and bandaged up mummy face. See, first stage of Michael Myers, and it's really cool because I'd forgotten this uh, because when you know when you're reviewing a film, you kind of uh, uh, really look at stuff differently. And I've totally forgotten this, and I really love it. I'm trying to find a picture of it now, really. I really like that that look. Um, oh, I've got it. It's nice to see something different. It's same as it is when you go back and watch Sackhead Jason, you know. It's, it's yeah, yeah, nice yeah, to yeah. see a little bit of a different Yeah, look, totally, because you know? in, in culture, popular culture, we, we know of them and everything else is the, the prime, the quintessential orc of the characters that they're prime peak of what it is but this one we've got like just these bloodied white ovals and a bloody mask kind of invisible man like but it's really shaped bandages around the head with triangles cut sideways very evenly but then just blood all over it but no mouthpiece no nose piece for breathing 
So it's got a real... Uh, it, they're, they're basically trying to do a mask, where it's just yeah. the eyepieces. And it's just a really creepy look, which is quite... Uh, good, because then later on, the next stage of him is, in a moment, he's going to kill this fella. He gets the overalls, so he still, though, doesn't have the Michael Myers mask. He has this bandage with yeah. the overalls. And I was just like, that's, that's my favorite. cool. That's my favourite, is when he's got his overalls, but then a bandage, that white face. Yeah. It's cool, man. And, yeah, Loomis arrives soon after this and finds the dead mechanic. Then he finds all the people behind the counter that have been killed. And in his head, he's thinking, I fucking knew it. I'm right. <laughs> I knew it. Um, all of a sudden, Michael smashes out an A-team style, smashes through the garage door. It's such a Dukes of Hazard A-team stunt. He smashes through. But then knocks over one of the petrol pumps which explodes the gas station Loomis somehow do you know what I mean though it's got that feel to it doesn't it but Loomis just dives out of the way and as he um, oh no he sees Michael first of all in the restaurant doesn't he this is when he sees him with the mask and he just says to him why now Michael why now it's like, well, it's because it's Halloween, you dumb fuck. That's why. <laughs> it's the perfect time, you fucking idiot. <laughs> this is the time. This is I'm why gonna... you're a doctor, not detective. I do <laughs> anyway. like, I've got to give props to Dr. Loomis's car, where you've got the uh, the exhaust, uh, uh, where you put the fuel in, for where the patch cap is, behind the number plate. Why don't cars do that? I think a lot That's of American tidy, models have that. Yeah, but why, mm. why don't? I guess it's a replacement of uh, where the petrol tank is, I presume. But, like, seems quite a cool thing to do. Even if that guy pulled up, because he starts filling up his own tank, I wouldn't even let that guy do that. You know, he's going to have an accident or blow something up. This guy's hey, unhinged. Hey, Donald Pleasance or yeah. Michael Myers. <laughs> Donald, Donald, I, <laughs> Donald Pleasance I, is probably as dangerous as Michael Myers I was going to say... <laughs> He's more dangerous because he's allowed out and about in general public, filling up cars with petrol and Just stuff. Just going like with a gun. That looks like a Mark Morris shoot. Uh, there was almost a, a part two situation going on earlier where we almost shoot the wrong fucking person just because they got a mask on. It's like Loomis, this mask is all over the place. Do tell people this situation. Don't just go. Oh, I think it's magical Myers on mass. There is a great moment later talking of Magical Myers where he teleports from a roof to the ground, but we'll get to that. <laughs> I didn't see that. He fucking teleports. Um, so Michael drives off. <clears throat> Loomis is left in the dust. And we cut to Jamie receiving at school, receiving some awful bullying. Uh, they say things like, your uncle's the boogeyman. Um, hey, do you know what I'm going to go as? I'm going to go as a mummy. Do you know what a mummy is? Oh, no, you don't, do you? Because your mum's dead. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, that's, yeah, that's a classic one, isn't it? That you're an orphan, yeah, and then they chase oh, her, that, crying. That orphan joke. Crying, she's screaming and crying through the playground, screaming at her. Jamie's uncle's the boogeyman. So like, it's a double whammy here, really. They're horrible shits. Just before we got this, when we were at Gage, just really just rewinding very quickly. DJ rewind. Um, he, uh, old Loomis, shoots at Michael Myers. He's staring right at he him. Does. He's he staring does. at him when he, he said that line you said, and he shoots at him. And somehow he misses uh, and shoots at least five times. And as soon as he misses and he looks, the music kicks in again, the classic theme. And it's our first real like, listening of hearing it. 
And um, uh, it's basically a homage to the original ending of the film where he shoots, looks over, he's not there, the music kicks in. And it was basically that. And I was like, again, stop reminding me about John Carpenter's film. It's not a good look. You're going to make me go, oh, I'm going to turn this off and watch John Carpenter's, but I've actually got to review you, you know. <laughs> review you. Yes. Um, so Rachel foster sister of jamie <coughs> excuse me and her buddy Lindsay. they pick up um jamie from school and she's obviously upset from her bullying and they say look how can we cheer you up do you want ice cream do you want to go trick or treat in and she's like i want both and they're like oh, okay cool well let's go and get a costume uh we can buy some costumes even though it is halloween they'll be on sale so and then we'll go get ice cream in that store well, they go to the store where Lindsay's boyfriend works. I've always liked this part of the film. Don't know why. I kind yeah, of like this. Just wandering around the store and there's always different Halloween masks. Um, I think probably at this point I started falling asleep and I'd watch it late at night, you know, just as a movie to watch. So Jamie picks a costume, which is like a clown costume with a mask, like a Harlequin sort of mask. And there's a Michael Myers mask on the shelf behind her. So clearly... They haven't banned this mask that a serial killer used, you know. In that town. In that town. They're just selling them. It's a bit sick, isn't it? You know, like, Betty that lives at 33 Main Street is probably been down the local town hall said, look, what the fuck's up, Mayor? Like, sort this shit out, pull them off. Because, because let's not forget, in, I think, Halloween 2... Um, that mask was on sale so much that a random kid got killed wearing it because yeah, they mistook him for Michael. Exactly. So let's let's take it off the shelves. There's multiple reasons. There's been multiple deaths because of this mask. We shouldn't sell it, but no, we sell it. And then there's multiple deaths again. And then it happens. It carries on, though. Well, we see a hand grab the uh, the classic Captain Kirk, you know, mask and this hand is all sort of grey and a bit grizzled so we know who this is this is Michael, he's, he's shopping Michael's just there, somehow yeah. with a bandage on his face but no one's noticed, I guess because it's, it's Halloween maybe, and um, we do though, get introduction, introduction to our three cool dudes well just before that, Jamie looks at herself dressed as a clown and she suddenly sees herself as the boy Michael from Halloween 1 which, which does play into the ending, I suppose. But but how would she know what her uncle looked like when he was a boy? <sighs> how would she have that vision unless she's a Jedi or I don't it, know? It is really this is the whole mind thing in it happens through the other Halloween films. They use a lot of mind shit, which is like what what is this all about? One of my favourite scenes it now is where Loomis hitches his way to Haddonfield. Because he's mental and he's on the side of the road just hitching a lift. So a convertible full of youngsters pulls up. Cheerleaders. Come on, old man. Come on. And he's like, okay. Okay. And starts running. And then they just will spin it off and leave him in the dust. And then someone else says, come on, old man. Get in. and, And I love this priest now he's like crazy ralph's brother from jason and he is smashed driving along absolutely hammered and he starts spouting the bible to him and it's just a weird scene and it's the only time in this franchise that loomis meets someone who's probably slightly more mental than him he sort of says to him like i think 
I can tell you're hunting something. And then Dr. Loomis, uh, Dr. Loomis, um, sort of say, oh, what are you hunting? What are you hunting? Well, and he says he's like, he says he's hunting something. I've got a feeling he's hunting small children. Oh, my God. That's my That's my guess. Just because he's a Catholic priest drunk driving along. Not just. It's not right. Yeah. Well, we cut to dusk. Haddonfield, and... by the way, looks like a shit town. It looks fucking boring as shit. Well, cut to dusk now on Halloween. So that's just the sun's just going down, and we see again. We get this great atmospheric um, imagery of children in costumes and walking have, on the sides. And we do know what's going on here, as that uh, um, the boyfriend has been told that he can't go on a date with uh, uh, Jamie's um, stepsister. Uh, no, foster sister. And he's pissed off. He's like, why didn't you tell me this morning? And straight away, it's just like, because he's trying to get another date and you don't realise this. And he's yeah, like, well, well there's sorry, another... I'm telling you now. And it's like, oh, it's a bit late. There's another hot chick that works at the same store as him which when does, they're buying the costumes. Which does tell him to fuck off, Wade. But and then she later is, on, yeah, cop, she's, cops do it by the books, girl. Yeah, she's the cop's... The sheriff's daughter my favorite character sheriff ben meeker in this whole movie um played by bo star is his daughter and she, yeah she's wearing a cops do it by the book t-shirt she that lady now has had a breast reduction did you know <laughs> fucking hell gab only you would know this fact only because daniel harris was on a podcast and someone else brought it up i don't know why and she mentioned it so that's how i know amazing well jamie's parents go out uh, as mentioned, her foster parents have other things they need to be doing tonight related to the careers. So they, they drive off out of the house and um, I, someone else is in the house. Well, I love the fact that she, because it's before mobile phones, I love the fact the way she has to get through is like ring up her boyfriend, he's not there. You have to leave a message with the parents. And I was just like, shit, you had to do that. I remember doing that. How rubbish Cut. is that? Like, oh, get him to come around later on. He's going to come around. He's coming around later on. Get him to bring... Um, yeah, but it's back in the days where you would knock you know. on your friend's door and if they weren't in, you'd just go to where you thought they probably were. But it's just leaving a message for the parents. Why do you want the parents to know what you're up to? You know. Another great scene here now. We're in the police station. In stumbles Loomis, who's hitchhiked his way to Haddonfield. <gasps> I'm here! So and then like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, whoa! My name is Doxon. They all look at each other Surprise like, yeah, we've heard of you. waving his gun around. Well, as soon as he mentions his name, they're all like, yes, we've heard of you. Yeah, like, yeah he comes in asking for Sergeant uh, Brackett, which is from the original Halloween film. And they're like, yeah. that dude's fucking gone out of here. Like, you should be. Yeah, he said, they say to him, um, well, you're at 4,000 miles in the wrong direction. That guy moved. 10 years ago or something. Um, imagine then, he, moved, he probably moved because of Donald Pleasance, because of Dr. Loomis. Do you imagine Imagine if he'd, he still goes and hunts him down. He's retired, just sitting there on his porch, his dog's on his lap, stroking him. He's got a beer, rocking way back forth to a cigar. Oh, I found you, Brackett. <laughs> like, oh, no. <laughs> Leave me alone, Loomis. He's, he's escaped again. I think he's come to your retirement Let home. me guess. Let me guess. You shot him six times, yeah? Yeah, all right, okay. Um, 
yeah what's what's great here is that as soon as the sheriff comes out he goes well i'm the sheriff now before he's even finished saying that sentence loomis is like fired a million <laughs> phrases and said he's like listen please escape you don't understand we must lock down the town now get it out on the police stations that everybody needs there needs to be a curfew issued immediately we, and it's like whoa whoa take a breath <laughs> it's on, like speed freak chill out and basically he tells him that michael myers has escaped He's heading to Haddonfield. You need to lock the town down. You need they, to get they believe him. They, well, the they, sheriff's like, well... They believe him, though. I know like, that it helps with the fact the phone line's down. Um, but, yeah. He, and he says, I suspect he's coming after his niece, Jamie Lloyd. And that's the bit that makes the sheriff think, uh, And the only reason the okay. phone line's down is because of Dr. Dr. Uh, Loomis, he was there, scared Michael Myers, so he got in a truck and ran out of the thing, hit the phone line, and took it down. Fucking Loomis. It's fucking Loomis! Cutting to Michael now, just slowly stalking Jamie and Rachel as they go trick-or-treating, and my favourite and most hilarious she moment here... She does get here. some friends, though, who want to treat with her. She does, but just before that, um, they say... Well, no, just after that, they go, oh, I like your clown costume, and they all go and knock on the door. And uh, old sexy, sexy cops do it by the book door. It's the sexy girl from the shop. Her door opens, does it? And she says, uh, oh, you kids are so cute. And she gives them all candy. And Rachel stood there. And she recognizes her. And then in the background, she sees Brady. And he's been doing the naughty, naughty with this girl. Hang on a minute, Brady. We were supposed to be on a date. What yep. on earth's going on? Yep. And he's like, whoa, um, I can explain, Rachel. It's like, you fucking can't explain, mate. You've been caught literally with your pants down. This girl is wearing a thong and a T-shirt and no bra. And you are sat in front of an open, roaring fire with the lights out. Yep. What, I think we all know what's been going on in there. She's not happy. She's not a happy bunny. So she runs off very irresponsibly, leaving Jamie out on the streets with her buddies who then all leave her as well yeah so she's wandering it's like around congratulations around. you've got to look after a child who's like what how old are uh, we saying here she must be about nine ten oh, so ten eleven maybe uh ten and a half or something it's like it's not that hard to communicate with a ten eleven year old to say like don't go off wandering da, da, da. i can understand though she got carried away with the friends and all that stuff but yeah it's like you've got one job to do is just look after her but i suppose you got sidelined by your boyfriend being boned by cops do it by the books yeah i mean to be honest with you i'd do it by the books but um she's absolutely incredibly hot um she's not oh well i think she is you're just looking Uh, at the size of the boobs that's what it is no 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 cops do it by the book um cut to the tv telling everybody Stay off the streets. There's a curfew. You've just lost lost your only thing you're supposed to be doing, and all of a sudden, what is the very chance of a curfew? Very, very, very rare. All of a sudden, there's a curfew. Nice one. That's not a good look, is it? And this TV is in a bar full of absolute drunken rednecks. Silver bullet style. Yeah. Yeah, it's quite amusing. And they go, hmm, this can't be right. 
Let me just ring the police station. Well, the bartenders are all of a sudden it's like on the news because it takes over the local TV or whatever. Like, uh, there's a curfew. Everybody go home. Like, you know, lock your house. And they're like, fuck off. Like, the sheriff wouldn't do that if aliens landed on his front garden. He would tell them to just fuck off or whatever. So they're like, I'm ringing the station to find out. And the station just rings and rings and rings, which makes them go, oh, that's not good. Right, let's go find out. Yeah, so they all stand <coughs> up, pull their guns out, down their beers and then head on out to their trucks they're like well it's clearly something going down so let's all go wow it's just that right crowd almost mentality isn't it the, the news said stay inside these guys heard that and thought we need to drink more grab it, our guns and re- head to town did remind me of scream when they find out the uh, headmaster uh, you know the Fonz has been uh, killed and, e- and they're like let's go and they all fucked and they go drive off imagine if this bar was the um, the bar from um, uh, VFW whatever that movie's called what's that movie with the guys in it who are all veterans of war oh. yeah VFW yeah imagine if it, Michael wouldn't stand a chance probably not just saying well Loomis then goes into um, uh, Jamie's home and he finds Photos of Jimmy Lee Curtis scattered all over the floor. And he says to the sheriff, he's been here. And you think, why does he know that? And then you you see the dead dog. Michael has killed another dog. Uh, it's a no-no. So definitely putting across to the audience that he's not a nice person. Yeah, Michael doesn't mind killing dogs. Um, that whole crowd mentality thing like that did remind me of the recent, most one of recent Halloween movies, second or third, I don't know. It reminded me of that too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's the yeah, only time it, it happens, I think, in any other Halloween movie I could think of, I guess. Cut to a really mental scene where Michael goes to... His mask is so shit. His mask is awful. It looks like he's made out of paper. It's so bad. It's just like, at any point, why did you go that? The bandages look better. Just get a Kirk mask... You could have done bandages for pretty much most of this movie, have them in it a little bit more, and then also right at the end be like, put the mask on, and that would have been like yeah. a massive crescendo. Or even just get a mask, you know, maybe it was in the police station in the, in the lockup. Maybe he, he could take it from there as evidence. And Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and then, and then you straight away you've got a dirty old horrible version of the mask, but instead he's got this pristine white paper thin looking thing. It just looks like I made it in art class. And it's like, it's like, it's honestly like the real poor man's version of the John Cobb's Halloween. I think this is the worst mask that Michael Fred, wears. Out. Fred Carpenter directed it. <laughs> Michael Mowers. Fred Engineer. Um, <laughs> now, this next scene is so mental because we've got the power plant for the entire Haddonfield. Michael drives, drives along to it, shows up. Uh, You're like, what's he doing here then? What's his plan? As a kid, I used to watch this movie quite a bit as a kid. I know this movie quite well. As a kid, when the guy is like, hey, man, what are you doing here? And he says, this is here. He turns around and goes to walk off. I'm going to go tell someone or, you know, whatever. <clears throat> and then he looks back again and then he carries on walking. As a kid, I knew that that was some bad acting. I was like, that's some shit acting. It's he says to him, he looks back. Don't you try that Halloween shit on me. I'm going to call the cops. And don't even think about going anywhere. You better stay right where you are. That's it. And he walks off, looks back again. It's just like, that's some bad accent. 
and then Michael just picks him up and throws him into the power plant, which do. which wipes out the power, the electricity for the entire Haddonfield. At least Loomis isn't in, in, responsible. Uh, later on, on, I am going to say, we're not going to get to it just yet, but later on, my favourite actor comes into this, and you wouldn't know who it was. We'll yeah, see. I can't wait to hear who that is. Um, so, no power now. So, add to the mix now. We've got no power, no phone so lines. Lost, lost child, which has a crazy uncle has come to kill her. Uh, power cut, curfew. It's, it's ain't good. And Loomis has taken out the phone lines. And Loomis is a drunken Columbo wandering around with a gun. So Rachel's still looking for Jamie. Jamie's on her own. And finally, uh, well, then Rachel sees Michael. Um, so she climbs over a fence and gets away from him. And she, she finally fence jumping all over the place. Bit of parkour there. She finds Rachel. Jamie finds Rachel finally. She says, oh, I've been looking everywhere for you. So like, well, you fucking left me, you dickhead. You're supposed to be looking after me. Um, and then finally, the car pulls up, police car, and you hear, Jamie, we found you! It's like, who are you, old man? What the fuck's happened to your face? You're all burnt up. Oh, What's okay. going on here? He's with the sheriff. Must be a plausible person that they're just running around and crazily getting all frantic about. At this point, the sheriff's probably thinking, what am I doing? I'm letting this crazy at, old at man... At some point, he must go, oh, tell oh, me where oh, to drive. What are we doing here? What's going now, on? And then he says, take them to your house. So they're like, all right, so what? Now I'm going to take you and these two but girls to my house. What happens then? Well, Michael is in the shadows watching them. <gasps> Not just one Michael, though. And it, well, first of all, he says, look, there he is. And then and then they go, look, oh, it's Michael. And he says, right, stand where you are. Everybody, put your guns towards the person with the mask on, because it's obviously the killer. And then suddenly somebody says, look over there. And there's another Michael. Oh, and, my. Uh, and then, then look over there. There's one and more. Um, Loomis says, it's impossible. And, oh, my God. Like... What, Loomis, it is possible. It is, because you know those masks are sold in the shop just there in town. For five bucks. That's what's possible. Judging by the quality of them. The way he responds to it is like, he's literally seen like, oh my God, the evil presence has turned into free. It's multiplying. And then <laughs> so, the cops are literally about to shoot this kid in the head. And he says, whoa, whoa, it's just a prank. <laughs> definitely know. Just when the camera looks away, Michael uh, Loomis just pulls out his whiskey bottle, drinks some more. And says, oh, my God. I'm seeing triple. And they're just all going along with it, like a mass hallucination type thing. Like, oh, oh OK, we must go along with this. Like, oh, my God, there's three of them. They must be some ghosts. Or something. Which one is the real one? Is it like Total Recall with Arnold Schwarzenegger? Which one do we go for? It's just like, come on, guys. That could be the masks. But, so the, but pl- the, what happens? Well, the plan is for them to take um, the girls to the sheriff's house. But while they're on their way to do that, we cut to the police station and it looks like the Terminator has been in there because... It, it looks like they just uh, they got 124 for the effects team from the other movie, it looks like, because they're just like, we're not going to show up, we're just going to show you the aftermath, which is cool in a way, but, yeah, you know, it's a bit cheap. And the, but who shows up? The town mob show up, don't they? The drunken mob show up and they see all the dead cops and they're like, we knew it! We knew there was a reason we all had our guns and alcohol. I knew there was a reason why I started drinking at 12 and shooting guns <laughs> at 5. 
this day. So they decide they want to help and they want to get revenge for Michael. And one of them says, we're going to fry his ass. So that's it. So they are now a lynch mob who are out and driving around in pickup trucks with guns and booze trying to find Michael Myers. You can make this stuff up, guys. It's brilliant. Going back to the free Michael Myers, it goes to the point where they're about to shoot them and they put the guns right up to go take them out and they all go, whoa, it's a joke. That's what I said. He says, it's a prank. At what point do you think with your mates, I've got a prank? Yeah, but haven't the sheriff's got guns? Yeah, yeah, but we're just pretending to be that killer that they're looking for. All right. You don't even do that as a prank, though, do you? Also, surely it was reported in the news ten years ago that that other kid got killed who had a Michael Myers mask on. Kids are stupid. Yeah, they are. That's true. Well, um, Michael is in the back of a cop car, so he hitches a little lift. And we cut to Jamie's foster parents getting home. A lynch mob starts shooting at a rustling bush. They, they see a bush literally just rustle a little bit and they unload hundreds of bullets into this bush and they run over and they go, oh, this is Johnny Smith or whoever it is. Whoops. It's like a, it's like when they shoot in Predator. It's exactly the same scenario. And, and actually it would have come out the same year. So uh, uh, actually year before was Predator 97. It, it's just ridiculous. And they just go and kill one of the local residents. Oh, well done, God. Well done, pissheads, with fucking heavy artillery. Whoopsie. So we cut back to Brady and Kelly now. There. Now, so Brady, Brady is um, the boyfriend who's cheating with Kelly, the cop's daughter, and they are getting it on in front of the fire. And he says to her at one point, she takes her top off and he looks at her breasts and he says, <laughs> I must be in heaven. He does my, indeed. My wife said to me, have you ever said that during sex to anyone? <laughs> I said, I don't think so. I've said some weird stuff when I've been drunk or whatever, but I don't think I've ever just said, I must be in heaven. No, I don't think I've said that. Um, I, my my favourite actor has already uh, been on screen very quickly. <clears throat> he does come back. He has a few more roles. It's like he's in a Tarantino film or something, or a different film, uh, a film of higher calibre. It's the sheriff's assistant... First of all, the thing he does is he just goes into the car and he's like sweating. He says, I heard about the station size. And, and I was just like, where did this acting come from? And it just cuts. I was like, what the hell? That's really good. He's the guy that doesn't know he's got Michael Myers on the back seats of his car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and escorts Michael Myers. And Michael Myers is just like, sweet. It's like a lazy Uber. I'll I'm just, just lie back here. And sleep. But his acting's really good. It's it's just like you are definitely in the wrong movie. <laughs> I always love that when really good acting pops up in a in a movie where you're like, what? Where yeah, did that come it, from? It, it straight away, I was just like, whoa, caliber of acting just just uh, popped up. So talking of cock blocks or maybe cop blocks. So Brady and Kelly, they're getting it on, and he's literally about to enter the he- gates of heaven, let's say. Uh, and then all of a sudden, they hear a car pull up, and she's like, oh, shit, it's my dad. Now, not only is her dad coming home, and this is from Brady's point of view, but her dad also happens to be the sheriff who has guns, and he's about to catch his daughter, Boinkin Brady. Well, things can get worse, because actually he's also got Brady's current girlfriend with him and her little foster sister. Man, <laughs> he is soft. It's like, man, I was just about to get my underwear. Now my girlfriend's here. 
And the other thing is, the sheriff doesn't bat an eyelid that his daughter is in the house with the lights out. All she's got on is a pink thong and a T-shirt. Yeah, Nothing he, else. He, you know, it's not really the main focus on his mind at the moment. Uh, I would Because uh, he does lose. explain... Yeah, but he does, say, he does say his stuff to, uh, his, uh, to him. Well, I just think... But the, the most awkward thing is, is that poor old Rachel has got to stay in this house with the guy who's supposed to be her boyfriend. Yeah. She's, caught, she's now caught him twice trying to bonk the same girl in the same night. And it's just a bit awkward. But the sheriff pull, calls this kid over and says, hey, take a gun, kid. Gives him a shotgun. And he says, says, a security addict, and if you grope my daughter again, I'll use that shotgun on you. Yeah, I suppose he does and say he, that. He just nods. Mm. I love the, I love the, can you use a gun, kid? Like, yeah, of course I can. And uh, this, De- is deputy, where, this is where Deputy turns up. We've obviously given Michael his Uber. It does get a bit samey from here on out now because my, once Michael's in the house, I know it, it, it's just like we're in one location now. It's and kind of boring. Yeah, why, yeah. Why we? Yeah, you're right. You know, I like it when we keep cutting back to the the lynch mob and and obviously the sheriff's really annoyed and he does and it's a good reason for him to leave he says i've got to go out there because you created a lynch mob loomis well he does, he does it a bit well we get to the point where um jamie is upstairs freaked in the bedroom <clears throat> with her uh, foster sister and the, the kid comes up who's like her boyfriend's supposed to be whatever and explains she says her uncle maya uncle michael's just fucking come along and he's gone crazy and he's back and he's just like what the fuck because he's just been told go upstairs and nail up the windows and what's going on like it's you know, you would be a bit freaked out on what that is. Yeah, it goes in the attic, and this is annoying though. The sheriff, the sheriff and assistant's like, right, what we could do is it? They're, they're not there to. They're they to protect Jamie. Is that what they're doing, or are they just hiding away from Michael Myers? Well, both. I think they're barricading. What their plan is to barricade themselves in the house. I don't know what they're going to do after that. I know totally, uh, and um, I do like really like the next scene with my favourite actor there's just a bit of light on him and he's slowly staring at the door with a shotgun in a rocking chair going back and forwards the, the foster sister older foster sister comes down and she's like what's going to happen he's you're just going to stay here and just going back and forward doesn't look at her once I was like you're in a Tarantino film what are you doing here <laughs> it's yeah. weird well she gets told to go and make coffee yeah. um Got to make some so, coffee. She, so she does and the sheriff in the meantime gets a, a call on the radio to say there's a lynch mob going around just shooting everyone who looks even remotely like a killer the, so, best, the best bit he does on walking chair he says go make some coffee and then he just goes it won't be long it's just rocking back and forth staring with a shotgun it's like this is so good well she comes back to him after the sheriff's left Kelly comes back to this cop in the rocking chair and as she approaches him she goes I got your coffee here and it's not the sheriff. It's not the deputy. It's Michael, Michael sitting Myers. in the chair. It's a sh- in the shadow sits up with a gun. So Michael Myers got a shotgun. That's something we've not had before. And and the sheriff's dead. My favourite actor. Out. In and out. She sees him on the floor, doesn't she? That's how she knows it's not actually him in the chair because she sees the body on the floor before he Michael stands up. dead, Will. Michael, not really very good at using guns. He doesn't know how to operate a gun. <laughs> He, instead of shooting Kelly, he impales her with the gun. Oh, yeah, he does. I was wondering where he stuck it at first, but we do find out. <laughs> Fucking hell. Double barrel. Um, 
Yeah, he um, he just rams it right through her. Is that a sex move? Probably. The double barrel. Do you want to fancy a bit of the old double barrel tonight, love? The old pump action. Two pumps and a squirt. Done and dusted. That's me. I'm thinking hashtag pumpy, but that's uh, the High Strangers podcast episode 69. When death goes wrong, check it out. I know, I know what you're talking about. Um, so yeah, he's killed. Uh, Michael then picks up a knife. Yeah, he's finally got his favourite weapon. Woohoo! So he's complete. His transition is complete. He's got his overalls. He's got his his shit mask, and he's got a knife from the kitchen. Welcome back, Michael. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah, totally. Um... It's they they and they find the bodies, don't they? And it's again kind of homaging the original, but just with no tension. Yeah, because so Rachel and Danielle Harris they come downstairs, find all the bodies. They decide they can't get out of the house. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, let's discuss this. It's like doors locked, right? I'm going to shoot her a shotgun. I was just about to bring this up. Just about to bring this shoots up. Shoots it and goes over to her and says, "Ah," oh. and she says, "What's wrong?" And he says, "It's metal." And she goes, "What's that mean? We're not going anywhere." Uh, can't, I'd be like, whoa, 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 what, what, Where's why? the key? Have you, are you allergic to metal? Like, what, what's the problem? Well, I think he says it's hot after shooting it, but, but, but surely just let it cool down. down. Or you get a t-shirt and just move it. It's just like, well, what do you mean? We're not going anywhere because it's dull metal. And, and this is my biggest plot is hole, really, is, is, my biggest plot hole, really, is they can't seem to get out of a house. There's windows, there's a back door somewhere. Instead, they all go up into the attic. It's like the budget went and they're like... But it's the re- rehash of After Part 3. I don't understand why we make this. I think it's probably like we've got to rush this through, I guess. I don't know. Well, instead, they all go through the attic window up onto the roof. No, they don't. The guy goes up and he turns around and has, like, a Vincent Price on top of the stairs. Not Vincent Price. Uh, a Dr. Vin- Peter Vincent and, like, you know, Charlie in, in Friday Night. On the top of the staircase right in the middle, they have, like, this fight Michael Myers does with the kid. That's right. Brady fights him, doesn't he? And he gets killed. Which, to be fair, does the right job at having trying to have a fight with Michael Myers. No, he's a big lad, you know, he probably plays American football. Yeah, I would like to see Michael Myers versus uh, Jason. I think that would be quite good. My money be on Jason. Yeah, mate, I'd like to see, yeah. I'd like to see that too, Mm. but we never will, sadly. No, oh well, unless we did a fan film. Yeah, that's true. Um, So yeah, they're on the roof, Uh, Michael's followed them up onto the roof. They, the girls slip and they slip down the roof, but they sort of land up against the chimney. Just as they're going up the stairs, though, she turns around, stops, turns around the stairs and says, leave us alone. Then goes, leave us alone. Almost like a teacher or, 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 I don't know, expecting Michael to go, all right. Sorry. She realises... Imagine if he just went, oh, sorry. She realises that doesn't work. Maybe try a colourful language possibly next time. But she didn't realise this doesn't work, so she blocks the staircase a bit to slow him down. Um, and then they get in a roof, and my, my notes are now, film has got boring. Yeah, so Rachel then starts lowering Jamie down on a piece of rope. The music is, uh, I think, Alan Howarth. Uh, he took over from John Carpenter. He was like a, a composing a partner with John Carpenter, kind of. But the music in it is so lacklustre. It's the weak as anything. It's the it's the music we know played with like the weakest sounding instruments, which have no meat to them at all. So like, hang on, how did John Carpenter do it years ago? Because he had some nice good synthesizers. Now you just go. Uh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, to cut a long story short, Rachel falls off the roof, dies, but doesn't because she sort of looks like she might be dead, but she isn't. Jamie manages. She, to she get, doesn't die then. Does dies but doesn't. She, well, she looks like she's dead, but then she, she comes just, back well, in a minute. She falls off and looks fucked up. You would have. Yeah, but she's she's fallen on the roof. Yeah, exactly. Danielle Harris gets down. Michael is on the roof, and then Daniel Harris turns around. Did <laughs> he stood there? Yeah, how that, did he get? He may have Buster Rhymes pop up for just ten minutes and run through. Well, I want to know how he got off the roof in about three seconds. He either jumped down and then, or climbed back through the attic and out the front door. And it's just chased. Oh, it's an amazing thing of though, where people are testing how, if they could get away from Michael Myers. And Michael Myers is standing there just slowly walking along behind them as they all run off and each person just trying it with the keys. Most of them got away, but some of them would get him as he'd turn up. But it was so funny just seeing, like, just... In this movie, like say, this is the bit I didn't really think of when you said about it. But yeah, all of a sudden he's just downstairs. I did think that, and then all of a sudden it's like now he's chasing him. It's like oh, <sighs> bored. Jamie starts running and screaming. Finds Ra- Loomis. Rachel wakes up, so she isn't dead. And yes, Loomis grabs Jamie and says, for no reason at all. He says, "Let's go to the school." Yeah, where does he come from? He can teleport as well. Let's go to the school. Why? I don't know why. He says, we need to go somewhere where we can be safe. How no, do you know that you can break no. into the school? The school isn't safe. It's like a fucking maze in there with loads of doors and fire exits why and Why don't windows. you get in the car and drive away? I don't know. It's Loomis, isn't it? So they break it. So he's now breaking and entering into the school the, with the, a child. you got the drunk guys on the way to the school as well for some reason. I don't know how they knew. Michael's in the school and he throws Loomis through a window. And that's Loomis out of the picture for the moment. For the moment. Uh, so Jamie's on her own in the school. She falls down some stairs. Michael starts walking towards her. And then here comes Rachel with a fire extinguisher. Rachel, here comes Rachel. With a fire extinguisher. And she blasts Michael with the fire extinguisher. This is a guy that's been shot six times. He's been smashed, burnt, stabbed. But a fire extinguisher seems to, you know, make him back off a little bit. Great. The lynch mob show up. They rescue the girls. Don't worry, girls. Stick with us and our guns. We'll be safe. We're not drunk with shotguns. Um, And then the troopers arrive. The state troopers arrive. The excitement of the drunk guys is that they shoot into the air when they see the cops coming. Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Michael is then um, on. He's on the back of the truck as they drive away. I don't know how he's been clinging on that whole time. He's like the Terminator. He's like the T one thousand in Terminator two. He just somehow he's on the back of the truck and he starts climbing up the back of the truck yeah. while they're while they're driving along, singing like yeah 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 la la la, and he just starts throwing them off the truck none of them notice he's there doing that there's three of them on there there's one two of them at the front of that and one of them the last one he doesn't realise the people next to him are fighting Screaming. the killer yeah. uh, right next to him he doesn't realise and it goes on for a while it's crazy and then he turns around he gets um killed as well and then Michael leans in and rips the driver's face off he rips with his ch- bare hand he rips a chunk out of his neck it's like just it's like whoa it's a bit American Wealth in London almost or something so Rachel takes the wheel uh, Michael falls off and she rams him with the car yeah and he lands in some kind of ditch graveyard sort of thing yeah and the cops all arrive 
and while they're all sort of you know doing their job the sheriff turns up and he looks to the uh, the older foster sister and says are you all right and she's like uh and he screams really loud in her face <laughs> are you all right no that's not how you ask her if she is all right are you okay you know like, well, while he's while he's busy screaming in her face what he doesn't notice is that little Jamie's just gone over to the body of Michael Myers. Yep. Great. Brilliant. Good job, Sheriff. Um, she goes over to Michael and she touches his hand. Oh, is this supposed to be... Okay. Like the transfer of power or something? I don't know. Really? I, I, I've never really thought of that, to be honest with you. But now you've said that, maybe that's where people are going back and saying, but, well, that's when it happened. I don't know. But, but then they should have had then a close-up of the hand touching the hand and to signify yeah. it. Well, anyway, Michael sits up. They blast him. And they shoot him into like a grave, drops down, and like yeah. a bit of an avalanche onto him of rubble. It's like a well or a hole in the ground. Anyway, he goes I, down I, there. And then they're back at the house. It's like, yep. it's like the aftermath. Uh, they're in the, the, the nurse and Jamie all around the sofa. They've got the mum, the dad, the cops and stuff like that. Donald the, power, the power's back on. Don't forget, it's all of come course. on as well. Donald Presence just now just turns up looking totally fucked. He looks so fucked. It's unbelievable. And just says, they survived this ordeal and they will survive its memory. What? What does that mean? Oh, you know, he says... She survived this ordeal, so she will survive this memory. As in, if she got through tonight... She could get through the memory of it. Yeah. Right. She's 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 strong, is what and he's then, saying. And then he just wanders off. Then he's like, see ya! Like, who the fuck was that drunken old man with a half a burnt face? Doesn't matter. Do you Don't have worry any about scotch it. eggs in the fridge? <laughs> and some shots. I'll have six shots! Um, yeah, he vanishes. shots? And then Jamie, uh, Jamie decides to put her clown mask back on. And it's, it's the OG film of the POV through the mask with the breathing. Straight away, we've been reminded of the original again. Stop doing it. And she goes in to visit her foster sister, Rachel, who survived falling off a building. And what happens? We don't see what happens, but we see, we see Jamie step no! out after screaming. Jamie, do some, do some Donald Pleasance. Yeah, well, let's describe it and then we'll do that. So she walks up onto the landing after some screaming and little Jamie's there covered in blood Mask, with a knife, knife dripping blood. Like the original. And Bottom of stairs, looking down the stairs, come around the corner, Donald Pleasant comes around. And Lo- Loomis clearly is having PTSD and he just looks at her and goes, No! <laughs> my worst nightmare! Tries to shoot her. Trip. Sheriff pulls it down. The sheriff yeah, he goes just to shoot a child. The sheriff just stares, looking up like the dad, and the, then the mum. No, the dad. It's not the old foster sister. It's the mum. Is it mum or is it foster she shoot? Foster. foster oh, mom. okay. So the dad and the mum come around the corner and just stare. They don't go right. We best get run up there and find what's happened to the foster sister. That might be our daughter's blood. They just stare. And like my, the original. My note does say that Jamie is a monster, and that refers to the fact that when she was at school, they were all saying, you're a monster, you're a boogeyman. And she says a couple of times, am I a monster like my Uncle Michael? Well, yes, you fucking are, because you just killed your foster sister. I don't remember this ending. I, oh, I, I, I didn't remember that. Remember it. No. And if I remember rightly, in the next one, she's mute. Oh, God, the is that next right? one. And the next one's got the man in black, the weird cowboy man. Isn't that number six? Oh, I don't know. 
I think that's number six. Next yeah, one's got awful Ant Man Rudd in it. One. Paul Rudd's in the fifth one, I think. Oh, or is that no, the sixth that's one? Six, that's six. But next one's next one's the uh, Man in Black, which they're like, we're going to put down a story. Then after they did that, because I had an idea for it, they went, no, nah, we're not going to bother anymore. He, That man in black with a cowboy hat, he reminds me of the bounty hunter in um, Friday, Friday the 13th, Jason Goes to Hell. You know, the guy that's hunting him down. Oh, yeah. It could have been the same character, but it isn't. But um, that's Friday. The, that's Halloween, not Friday the 13th. That's Halloween, Halloween part four. four yeah. The return of Michael Myers. He returned. He did. He, he got run over and shot and pushed down a hole in the ground and somehow transferred his evil to Danielle Harris. Evil. New Year's Evil. evil. That's that's our review of the film. Uh, do I give it a thumbs up? I, I I don't really think so unless you really need to watch the Halloween movies. Like one, two, and three are kind of fun. The Rob Zombie ones are something to watch. I suppose they've got their own thing at least. You know, the sake about them, it's a different take. And then you've got H two O, which is fun. That's uh, so, uh, one I like. H twenty and Resurrection. I've had on rotation at Halloween, or, or just on the in the background because it's kind of shit. I so enjoy I'm it. wandering into the room and it just be on and Buster Rhymes going, come on, Mikey, let's have a fight. And whatever he says. Um, I give it a thumbs up because okay. in, the same, in the same way I that... I give it the Jamie Beadle thumbs up, I guess. In the same way that with the Freddy movie, uh, maybe not anymore after the fourth one, you, you, if you turn off one or two parts of your brain and just have it on and know what you're going in for... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You get what you get. This but is I think simpler with this one, to follow than, than I was Nightmare say, If you go into this one, switching off those parts of your brain, you're actually going to be pleasantly surprised, I think. Ignoring some of the weird plot devices, like, is Jamie D. Curtis dead? Does she try get transferred the evil? Ignore all of that and just go along with the ride of Michael's out there, he's hunting people down, Loomis is acting nuts, and Daniel Harris is screaming and running, and there's a girl in a T-shirt that says cops do it by the book if you if you want to watch all of that shit i think you're going to enjoy this yeah i agree so i'd say a thumbs up um i'd say actually like i said earlier this was i preferred it this one this time around and i actually slightly unpreferred freddy four so that's where i'm at on this one the the scales have tipped okay man cool um all right, let's get out of here for the outro. Okay. We're back to say goodbye. Or if you just fall through the whole thing, you've just stopped at this point. Well... Hello. Hey, hello, how are you doing? Hello! My name's Gav, this is Dan. And this is Dr. Loomis! And this is the outro. Um, I I enjoy these franchise, franchise face-offs. They're fun. Um, it's good to go back and look at these series of movies. And I like looking at the Jason movies that we're doing as well. So as much as these movies have flaws when you review them, they're still just there for what they are really, which is, it was the 80s. 
they were knocking out one a year believe, believe it or not it's crazy that they were doing that and yeah, it's, it's, you know I didn't, I'm not going to watch Nightmare on Street 4 ever again but um, it's interesting to watch them again and compare them both being at 88 and talk about the old effects sort of side of that and stuff and uh, it, it's, it, yeah, it's interesting to watch yeah, yeah. I and like they... if, if, if to keep me watching movies though, um, obviously it's there's certain things that everyone likes different things for different reasons. But a story is always saying I like okay, story I could just follow or something I can really get into and lose myself in is what it comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah. Well, sadly, if you want a good plot or story, then you need to stay away from these two franchises because especially Halloween, it just goes all over the fucking place. But that's a story for another time. Talking of another time, should we talk about what's coming up next? Yeah, because we're going to bang out another one uh, because it's uh, October. We're trying to get... We've got a Halloween special uh, basically coming up. Our Halloween special. Our next episode is episode 142, and yeah, that is Halloween special. So we're we picked a couple of really fun, silly Halloween movies that we both love. Halloween, um, sorry, Hubie Halloween yeah. with Adam Sandler. Oh, Adam Sandler. And I imagine it's a bit like Marmite. Some people are gonna not like it. Uh, mm. I not want to watch it, um, but we—I don't know if we kind of like it. It's no, kind what of did, what it's, did you do? It's very, uh, it's very seasonal. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of the atmosphere that we described for the Halloween. It's movies. just kind of fun. It's not. T- it's not serious. So you know, fuck it. Rewatching it recently, it was kind of like a, almost like a live-action monster house in, in parts of it. Yeah, there's some good little bits in it, you know. Uh, and the other one is uh, uh, kind of my choice, and I love this film. It's the it's the first film, the first time I saw the Universal monsters and a Universal production. Yeah, so it's Abbott and Costello meet Frankenstein, which is the best out of the Abbott and Costello ones. They oh, met yeah. the, they also met Dracula and they met the um, Invisible Man. But this is the best one because it's got all the monsters in it in little and the mummy. parts. Yeah, Mummy's in it, Invisible Man, they're all in this. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, they, they've met before in a different Oh, have they? Oh, God, I didn't realise there was five. I thought there was only three. There's other films. Yeah. Um, no, it's a really good one when they go to uh, England and um, uh, it's, uh, in the police station and one of them changes. And yeah, so that, I, I really like this film. I'm a big fan of this film. I love it, in fact. So one from 1948 and one from 2020. So really, you know, 50 years or more apart, 60 years apart. Please, if you haven't seen How It Goes to Meet Frankenstein, watch it before we uh, uh, review it because it is a... You could watch it with your kids if you've got kids. It's a real fun movie. Yeah, so that's going to be really fun. So that's our Halloween special. We'll obviously be covering off our 31s and just, just talking general Halloween nonsense and traditions and just getting excited, you know, and that's you know it's our Christmassy type episode almost so that's what's happening there after that it's episode 143 which is a patron special now I'm waiting on two patrons to get back to me so I've got a message for one of our patrons Sarah K Sarah um, if you I have messaged you if you are listening please get back to me if you want to partake in patron picks because you are up if you want but don't, uh, however don't feel pressured yeah no pressure at to, all and we can just miss it you don't if you don't message back we understand that as well so yeah 100 percent. um but at any point if you want to get involved we will bump you to the next in the queue yeah, just say oh i thought of two movies and go cool what, do you, what can we talk about 
Uh, I'm also got Rachel, our other patron, uh, who it looks like she's about to drop me over the next couple of days her picks. So it may well be Rachel's pick, but either way, it should be a patron's pick. And, and again, if, no pressure, Rach. You know. Yeah, no, no pressure at all, Rach. Um, you know, whatever you pick is your choice, and we will gladly discuss them. And and if Rach you don't get to us in time, then it will skip back to the very first patron. Um, which is Matthew Godley. And I know he's already got his two movies picked out. Um, so either way, it will be a patron pick. We just cannot tell you right now what two films it will be. So that's quite exciting. A nice little surprise. And then after that, for episode 144, The Baker's Dozen, that is going to be Chud and Basket Case. We're finally getting New to York. do our gritty, dirty New York special effects crazy weirdness. So... Next three episodes looking like that, and then we're gearing up. Really, we're getting closer to Christmas. So I presume <laughs> then afterwards it'd be Christmas. It might be. We might have another one before. We have to. We have to yeah, so it's a bit hard to know at the moment, isn't it? Yeah. We'll, 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 our schedule will be a bit loose at the moment. By the way, that is also our ten-year anniversary episode. Uh, we should kind of make that a bit more special. Yeah. So our uh, Christmas so episode we can will be do 10 like years. the whole like listeners, you guys like messaging stuff if you want to. Yeah, um, I'll probably put something out in the month leading up to that, just to remind you all, if you want to send us voice clips or just messages or whatever it is, yeah, we will we give shout out outs. And, stuff. and 10 years you know, all old. that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, because we know what we're doing for a Christmas episode already, don't we? We do. Um, we're doing National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Um, because Which it's not a horror, horror movie. But, but we just, you know. We absolutely love that movie and we just wanted to do something special for our 10th year. Um, and then going into our 10th year, we're toying with the idea, uh, and I'll just put this out there and you guys can tell us what you think. We were toying with the idea of every episode we release in 2024 to celebrate our 10th year of podcasting. Every episode we release... But that does screw up though, some things. Well, every episode we release except for Christmas and a couple of birthday episodes and our patron picks rather than just pick two random movies off of our list of ever-growing movies to review, we were going to do a director special each time. So it's always going to be two movies by a director. Uh, so, for example, we can come back to John Carpenter, Wes Craven, George Romero, but there's other directors we haven't touched on yet as well. Um, plenty out there. I've got a big list, which I sent over to Gav. So we might do something like that just to keep the year 10 quite special because saying saying that out loud year 10 that's a pretty fucking big achievement if i do say so like it, it's pretty awesome like most shows don't go past like a year so the fact that we've been doing this nonsense for 10 years yeah i like it awesome. um, not that many episodes though <laughs> well 144 episodes yeah um <clears throat> Yeah, um, and also, 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 though we've got the series ones like the Final Destination things like that, so we'll be doing those as well. But other ones, like direct episodes, would be quite cool. Yeah, we want to do. We still want to do Freddy Five and Halloween Five. Well, you, you want to do Freddy Five? We yeah. still, we still want to do our summer tradition of the next two Friday movies, Friday the Thirteenth movies. So yeah, there's stuff that we, you know, but. I'll come up with a plan as always, Gav. Trust me. Uh, and, and just like Michael and B.A. Barakas in an 18 van smashing out of a petrol station, we'll be there blasting our way along 2024. That's a weird imagery for you there. Yep. Okay, cool. Well, before we say our goodbyes and our thank yous, I will do some admin. If that's all right with y'all. Go for it. 
Let's do it. Okay, so we are the podcast on Haunted Hill. Of course we are. You've been listening to us for about 10 hours. Thank you. Um, We're a proud member of Legion Podcast Network. You can find out more about them if you go to legionpodcast.com. You can find out about us and all the other shows that are on the network. Um, If you go on Facebook, go to Legion Podcast Facebook page can join up there we've got a facebook page which is where we're most active especially this time of year just to remind you all post up your 31s what movies you're watching it's just a fantastic time of year to be on that facebook page and all that is is the podcast on haunted hill just go on facebook and search for us thanks for all your input peoples wherever you're listening to us now is where you can continue to listen to us we're on most podcast uh platforms or podcatchers spotify youtube podknife apple podcast addict and you can email me and gav at the podcast on haunted hill at outlook.com or you can instant instant message me on um the old uh, facey bookie um and we are also on instagram the podcast on haunted hill insta we've mentioned star wars sanctuary moon good time to pools and you can tell us the updates on that cabin uh, yeah we're going for mid-november release um that's what we're going for now um so i'm just getting it finished i am uh like literally today uh just um putting in some sound effects and stuff and a little bit of sound design to it and uh just trying to get all the audio sorted out because someone else is going to help me do that but they've been a bit busy so i'm jumping on it otherwise we can't keep waiting for people and it's taking too long we need to get this finished so we can start doing the next project um uh yeah it's real close mid-november release so there you go awesome so that is our from uh, through deadbolt films which is our production company so to find out more there just go deadboltfilms.com uh youtube channel deadbolt films and uh deadbolt films instagram and then finally we're on patreon so if you want to help us continue to grow and, and you want to support the show in a monetary fashion you don't have to do this at all we'd be doing this without any money coming in but we really appreciate any help that we can get to buy equipment rent movies buy movies and keep the show ticking along with the production value that we've got over the last 10 years yeah so thank you to all our patrons if you want to become a patron uh, all you need to do is go to patron and search for the podcast on haunted hill if you can't find that just message me or email us on that email address i mentioned and i'll send you a link uh whether it's a dollar a month or a thousand dollars a month which that's silly no one please don't do that um but well, well if, you, if you want to you can do it but <laughs> um but yeah anything helps really uh, if you become a patron you will get access to all of our past shows i'm releasing old shows every friday we call it freaky friday through patron bonus episodes video episodes you'll get a free t-shirt in one of three colors in your size and you'll get a shout out at the end of every episode and very excitingly, you get to in the queue to become a patron pick, and you get to pick two movies that me and Gav review. You can also send us a message about why you pick them, what you love and what you don't love about them, etc., etc. And we'll read all that out. Basically, you will be the king and or queen of that or episode. Or non-gendered king. that's why i say king and or queens you can be both you can do whatever you can be whatever you want Mm. um but yes so it leads me to thank all of our patrons individually and as is tradition each of you will get a silly voice so thank you ever so much to don goldia matthew godley it's just going to be much. one voice. Jamie Jenkins! Thank you, kindly. 
Kevin S. Five. Thank you very much. Sarah K. Thank you kindly. Rachel. Thank you very much. RJ McCready. Thank you kindly. And Lex Boo. And thank you very much. Six times. I shot them six times. Well, the patrons. Don't shoot the patrons. Um. No, no. no. Um, uh, thank you, guys. Always, uh, we so totally appreciate. It. We um, <clears throat> uh, like to entertain you guys and fill your holes in your head with our mouth vibrations. Not the hole in your head with Michael Myers' thumb, like he did in Halloween <laughs> Four. <laughs> so yeah, thanks, guys, and thanks to everybody who listens, supports, jumps on Facebook, shares what you're watching, what you're doing, and just generally is awesome. Yep. Uh, so thank you, everybody. Gavin, I love doing this and we do that's it, it so it, it's just nice having patrons because know, we know at least those patrons are listening to us if no one else is indeed and we are happy to keep you all happy so it's a good night from a crazy paedophile drunken catholic priest in a pickup truck who picks up an even crazier Dr Loomis hunting children uh, so it's a good night from him him and Loomis like, what a double act! What if he says, I "Hope you don't mind. I'm going to pick up this hit child because it's young child." And that, it's stuck in the middle of them, Loomis drinking with a gun, just looking at you, winking. Oh my god! That's a good night from them. Good night from Michael Myers. Fuck you know. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't talk. It's a good night from the Fat Boys doing a little rap with Freddy Krueger. It's a good night from Freddy who's on holiday with his postcard. And it's a good night from girl trying to boink a boy. In front of her dad, well, in not, a it's not totally in front of him. Uh, well, it's not in front of her dad, but like almost, she weird. almost gets caught. Yeah. That's, that's a weird one. That Sorry about that. To end on, isn't it? <laughs> don't want right. to finish on that. All right, let me finish on this. It's a good night from Marge Simpson wearing a giraffe poo necklace. Finishing on that. Uh, yeah, good night, everybody. Good night. Stay safe. And remember, if you hear a strange noise, it's probably just Dr. Loomis knocking out the power lines. I'm at the door. Don't let him in. I'm at the window. Don't let him in. I'm I've got your coming. pizza. I'm coming down your chimney. You're making a mess. Stop it. Well, good night, good everybody. Night. Thank you for listening to the podcast on Haunted Hill. We will be back again real soon.